0: Okay. So we might as well get started. I think we're just a little bit past one. So thanks for uh, the punctual start, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, so first off, um, want massive thanks for the campaign contributions. And you know, I, I mean that in in you know full seriousness. And even though I'm gonna probably tease and give you a hard time, Duane, it's it's not a requirement by any means. It does translate into a little bit more lenience when it comes to some of your advancement requests. So, for example, those of you who are giving you know contributions, you know, I've I've it does translate slightly, but it, it's it's nothing significant. Okay, so I I really just wanted to you know say that right up front. It is massively rewarding to me as a GM and and just as an individual to see the stuff that you guys are kind of pumping out and it's not like you know I'm really asking for it per se but you know and all of a sudden you know we get all these like pictures coming from like you know Sarah and and you've got like multiple you know trump card illustrations and all this stuff and you know a lot of the things have just been you know really really quite mind-blowing so we really thank you for that Okay, so I'm going to recap similar to how I did it the last time. And what I'd love to do is to get some or all of you to give me your recap of what you think happened in our last session. If you have any favorite moments that you kind of want to talk about and and just kind of recap, that would be wonderful. Um, And I don't know, let's start with any, any volunteers. Otherwise, I'm just going to voluntold. I'm looking at Karen right now.
1: <laughs> you can just read my what I wrote. <laughs>
0: That's
1: what happened.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, how, how how about I start with um, um, Sarah? So since uh, Sigrun, since since uh, you know you were the last to kind of join in, you might have the freshest perspective on what happened last game. Why don't you give me your your sense? What were some of your recollections? Uh, what's what's your sense of what happened last game?
2: Um. Well, largely, I felt like I was like. Sigrun is just like taking the stage and is like, who the heck is she and where'd she come from and what is she getting herself into? (laughs) Um, Most importantly, uh, very, very uh, strange. Okay, so she's coming from this background. This is where she's going. Um, Found it very interesting. Um, Loved all the Norse stuff. Like, loved the encounter with Fenrir. That was probably like a really big highlight because there she is making this choice. Like going against everything that she's been taught about the gods and Ragnarok the end of the world and everything uh-huh. and, and there's this promise of Amber and if she lets him go then maybe something better will happen so that was definitely a, a highlight she was um she was pretty frustrated with um oh what is uh what is her, uh Karen's character's name
1: Cassandra um,
2: Cassandra <laughs> yes. yeah she was pretty like get this whatever out of my head He's like <laughs> that that, so that was interesting like just to have that experience and uh and then there was elaine who was so uh, laid back it was kind of interesting and then um fighting over the ship like because oh, uh, she thought she sigrin thought she knew how to run a ship Best because she's you know been on so many ships right but she was com- utterly confused by what was going on on this <laughs> ship and then found herself in this battle over the color of the sails and it's like what the heck is happening awesome. so that was very interesting and then of course like the i think the, the biggest highlight for her was uh you know she i think it was very interesting to see the world serpent and then get entangled with sorrel uh-huh. taking on the world serpent and then uh of course the main highlight was when uh, she did take Corwin's sword and go up and stab the, uh, the serpent as well. Um, no, there was one piece I sort of glossed over there, which uh, I don't think she's fully uh, dealt with mm-hmm. in her own mind yet, which is when, uh, Tycho picked her up. Like she was nothing. He was a weird beetle with a horn <laughs> and a gold horn <laughs> and he just like plucked her and held on to her. And she's yep. like, what the yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: so yeah, I think that's, um,
0: so, so, yeah, so cueing in from that, I mean, obviously, Cassandra, you know, there's this whole kind of interconnection, this Mexican standoff between you and Sigrun. Uh, what were your thoughts? Do you have any favorite moments?
1: I um, don't really have any favorite moments, but I did like... So the way that Cassandra thinks is she's always had very easy time just controlling people, controlling people through their minds. So yes. having someone who could actually resist that uh-huh. was very shocking for no, her. So not, that's not, why she kept trying. Right. So, so you're used to getting your way <laughs> yes. and, and all of a sudden
0: you're, you're meeting up with yes. people who are at your same level, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and it's very fun playing a,
1: yeah. someone who's not a nice person. So. <laughs>
0: She's a little bit on the, you know, harsh side. I, I do have to she's say. An
1: arrogant and thinks she's better than everybody.
0: Okay, so talking about, I think
1: you should just be
2: glad that you're not married to Cassandra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be
2: interesting.
3: <laughs>
0: um so speaking of uh you know sailing moments and stuff like that astrid you got involved with a lot of this stuff on the you know what i call the third veil when everyone was kind of together on in that uh whatever you want to call it this this uh psychic adventure or whatever what were your thoughts yeah i
4: so astrid was the last person to stop to start walking the pattern and, True. uh, that experience really, uh, if my notes are correct, she was, <laughs> um, yeah. that experience was really, uh, important for her and helped kind of like make her feel like, okay, like this sense of discontent that I've been feeling, like I have a way to channel this. Nice. And so on the ship, uh, she wanted to maintain that sense of control. Um, but she's not. Uh yeah, you know, Astrid doesn't mind cooperating, so she was a little like put out by why Sigurd was always like, "What? Like, what are you doing?
3: Like, you're not." <laughs> <working.">
0: <laughs> why can't we be a team player? Why do we always have to be the center of attention? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and,
4: and at this point, Astrid, Astrid's maybe giving up a little bit more than she should, uh, but just wait, it might come back around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, I think my favorite moment. Uh, there were two that, that didn't actually involve Astrid. Uh, one was the pattern scene. I think it was Tycho's pattern scene uh-huh. was one of my favorites. And also that Elaine just like kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I have to say as a GM, I, I mean, I did not plan for that moment, right? Like I mean, that was purely spontaneous based on what... His stated actions seem to be, and and it's actually hilarious that he's not a player right now. So, anyways, exactly. so see, he literally walked himself out of the game.
1: But he's very content. Yes. <laughs> well, that could have been his intention too. Oh
0: my gosh. Okay. So then, uh, speaking of uh, interesting scenes, I think the twins, you guys, always kind of come together, and and uh, you know, for me. That was 100% one of my favorite things to kind of say, okay, you know, and almost setting it up as a confrontational between two people who probably shouldn't be confrontational just to see what happened, right? So, uh, uh, Duane, what uh, you know, as Tycho, what were your perspectives from, from those kind of moments? And any other uh, favorite scenes? Duan?
5: Yeah, that was uh, that kind of my favorite scene uh, yeah. <laughs> of the thing, but I mean... The, all the pattern walking scenes were really good, I thought. Um, but I really enjoyed um digging into Taiko and Sorrel's kind of relationship and Me too. who they are, and as people. So that was really cool. Um,
0: Sorrel, any comments from your, your perspective other than the fact that you got to become like you know the 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 anti world serpent, which I thought was so epic, it, was, it wasn't even funny
6: re-listening to the podcast i don't think it nece- the world's league like necessarily did anything it looked vaguely threatening but i think mostly she attacked it because it was encroaching on her brand <laughs> oh my <laughs> that god awesome. that's that's <laughs> And I launched Tycho running up her back. Oh, yes,
0: me too. (laughs) Yeah, and and on that exact uh, thing, I I had some kind of comments, right? So, I mean, clearly, this is not a game which is defined... Uh, you know, uh, around specific mechanics and, and, you know, what you can and cannot do, right? It's not like D&D that says, you know, here's this spell and this is what you cast and, and this is what it's going to do. It's, it's almost entirely up to how you want to play it, how you want to experience it. I would even say... Uh, you know, things like your attributes, like, you know, so for example, just because you have a high strength doesn't mean you have to be big and beefy, right? You could interpret it as oh, you've mastered the martial arts or, you know, being able to, to channel your internal energy and that becomes strength, that sort of thing, right? So just you know, don't, don't be, uh, be afraid to try things both epic in scale. But also things that are very subtle. And I'll give you some examples of, of the stuff that I thought you guys were really going in the right direction. So for example, Astrid, and this is more on the subtle scale, right? So you had that one sailor who was kind of running, you know, towards you and he was starting to take these big jumps. And then you just kind of removed him from your your vision right and he effectively ceased to be and he was no longer part of that right so think about how subtle that is but also think about how absolutely powerful that is from from a a, a, you know a perspective as well and cassandra um you were creatively trying to shift the waters Mm -hmm. right like what was the fast current which one are you going to can we get away from the world serpent that sort of thing right again Seemingly very subtle, but when you think about what you're doing, you're really you're altering reality, right? Yeah. And that is massively, massively powerful. But then let's talk about some of the epic stuff, right? So, um, you know, Sorrel, you transformed into a, le- a leviathan. There's nothing that really suggests that you should have been able to do it. Yet you tried it, and stuff happened, right? So that's really interesting. Um, I love the fact that Tycho, you just said, "I'm going to run across my sister's back." Like the most epic, crazy thing that you could ever think, and and just rip the eye out of of the world serpent. Like that was so cool to me. And then of course, you know, Sigrid, you doing the same thing. You just saying, okay, I'm gonna take Korin's sword, and then I'm gonna kill the kill the beast, right? And so all of these things are definite choices. They're not predicated by specific powers. They're very much the narrative description of what you guys try to do. But I'm going to say one more thing, okay? Especially in light of the fact that you guys have given me your priorities with regards to your character advancement. But, for example, to Sarah's question, you don't have your character sheets. So you don't know what I've spent on your additional powers. All you know is what you put down from a prioritization perspective and whether or not you're going to take any bad stuff, right? And so, again, what I would say to that is you definitely, for the most part, don't have enough points to be able to fully buy out a major power like the pattern, which is 50 points, Mm -hmm. okay? So, you know, right off the bat, you're not going to get everything that is written in the book when it comes to those powers. You know, if if you were, you know, buying up another thing, and and also when it comes to attributes, like if you said, hey, I'm going to, you know, up my, you know, whatever attribute, I'm going to up up my warfare. I, I probably sunk some points into warfare, but again, you don't know how much, Right, and it's always in relation to your peers or the other things you're you're um, you're fighting. For example, Cassandra, your comments about, hey, I've never run into a case before where I had someone who could resist my mind. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean that all has to do with the fact that other people are amberites, right. and they all of a sudden they have, a, you know, you can't just take over their minds like you do right. with other other creatures. Yeah. Right, so that's kind of so. Anyways, so just. You know, as we, as we go and as we play, keep that in mind. And, and I think you guys really started to key in on how limitless the potential is of the stuff that you're doing. And, you know, I think Duan, you started to, you know, experiment with a little bit. You're like, I'll just rip its leg off. And then off off came the leg, right? Like that type of thing. Right. So, you know, you are Amberites and you are like God-like power beings, but again, everything is relative. Okay. So that's what I'll say with that. And uh, let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to... Um, no, that, that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, good stuff and bad stuff. Um, I probably didn't play around too much with, with all of that stuff a, a lot last game. I, I had some hints of it. Um, oh, I, I know what I wanted to say. So the difference between the game that we were playing, which was a one-shot, versus what we're going to do now, is that now we're playing a campaign which is about an ongoing more or less open storyline okay whereas before it was kind of scripted it was pretty much like i knew that okay i'm going to introduce this 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 and we're going to see what happens and then you know you guys go but now we're opening it up for the entire amber universe which is like you know it is just huge for you guys to do what you want. So what it does mean especially with these world spanning universe spanning powers, you don't have to stick together. I do think that there are some benefits to staying together as a team, but if you want to travel uh, on your own to kind of seek something else uh, out very different of your own personal storyline, that's fine too, but obviously think about, you know, how are you, you know, what's the means by you're going to uh, you know do that, uh, you know, etc. So that's about it. Okay, any other comments before we actually begin? Nope? Nope. All right. So, you all emerge inside of this lighted space, this perfect tracery of primal energies that swirl golden glowing and scintillating all around you. And in some deep, dark part of your brain, your essence, your realization, you remember or you understand that one of the things or one of the consequences of walking the pattern is that it also serves as a means to clarify... And to remove those things that may have been imposed upon you in the past. Maybe a memory loss, or maybe an enchantment, or a curse, or some type of psychic compulsion that was kind of laid upon you. And so these are all things that could have happened in the past. And, you know, even to your own recollection, there are kind of gaps and there are holes and you only remember what you do remember. And as this realization inches forward and comes into the light, these flashes of memory, these flashes of understanding and insight begin to wash all over you. Astrid, as a child, you can feel yourself giggling and infused with just the pure joy of being held in your father's strong arms as he begins to gather his strength, his phenomenal power, and all of a sudden, wee, you are tossed far up into the air, and, you know, you are looking into his eyes with sparkling delight and joy as you tumble around in this space. And for a while there, it time seems to almost slow down. And as your body, your child's body turns and somersaults in the air, you almost see stars and a whirling milky way type of galaxy just flash by as your head you know returns normal and then you're looking into your father's eye and then you fall back down again caught securely and you know with that sense that you know your father isn't going to let you go he is your protector and he is the you know a source of your joy and up again, wee And, you know, you go f- through, you know, one, two, three, and you don't know how many. And then as you kind of land and your father puts you down, you hear this baritone, deep masculine rumble and chuckle and just the joy. And you can see your grandfather holding his arms out to you in welcome, beaming joy and beaming pride at your fearlessness, at your embrace of everything that is you. And he opens his arms to you, welcoming with a glint of humor in his eyes. What do you do?
4: I, I will run, uh, run to my grandfather and hug his legs.
0: And he does pick you up, and he says, Astrid, my dear, so like your father. How wonderful. And as you kind of snuggle into his embrace, you can see the ringlets of his wizened beard his white silver hair cascading down as he looks down upon you and for a second your eyes catch the glint of a shining reflection in his left eye which you all of a sudden notice is not quite right somehow. And as you look into it, you see that his eye socket actually is filled with some type of crystalline gem, jewel, or orb. And as he laughs and holds you and lifts you up even further for one more toss, that is the impression of that ruby glint that is embedded deep within his eye. Tycho. You are on the beach, a young child. Just come in from swimming in the ocean. The salt tang of the sea, the whistle of the wind blowing through your recently dampened hair, just the crust of sand and the heat of that on your feet as you run to the beach towards your mother and leap lovingly into her arms the cries of seagulls and sea-burned birds and terns puffins these other sort of sea um sea birds definitely uh, cry out in the background and you snuggle into your mother's embrace and that beautiful silken ringlet of green hair cascades down the same color as your own hair, and you gaze into your mother's eye. But then, all of a sudden, you hear, coming from not too far, a couple hundred meters away, maybe over to the west, where you guys might have got changed, you hear this scream, this scream of abject terror and horror, and it is... it is gut wrenching and just horrible and um it's your sister and she is screaming for her dear life and you have not heard panic like this ever what do you do
5: i look um towards her and i and i start pulling on my mother's arm and i say
0: come on we have to save we have to save sorry And with that, your mother is a little bit slow on, on you know, getting up. She is coming with you. And then you almost lose patience with that in your hand, almost, you know, rips out of her own as you just kind of dash forward, so eager to, you know, basically help. And, you know, the next thing you do, time is almost as a blur as you kind of, you know, run through and you enter these Halls that seem to be filled with an inner glow of a phosphorescent light that echoes and bounces off of a coralline structure inside glowing shards of seashells, corals, and other light. And you can feel the cold dampness of this place as you race towards the sound of your sister's voice, which is only getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden you see... Sorrel looking into the mirror and screaming and screaming and screaming. What do you do? I
5: break the mirror.
0: All right. And it shatters. And Sorrel... You see yourself, the young child, in that moment that was so formative, so important to everything that you are today, but something that you hide, hide deep inside. And as the glass shatters, you see yourself reflected into a million shards screaming as you look into the mirror and all its reflections Hoping beyond hope to see your young self with your golden locks in your green emerald eyes looking into the mirror. But all you see in front of you is this horrible vision of a serpent, your own reflection, a beast, a slithering reptile, a vile serpent and snake as your tongue darts out, forked with your eyes green, alien, cold, looking back at you. And you scream again and again, and you feel two hands three hands, four, all of them all of a sudden start to grab you and start to wrestle you and apply force. And you're just a small child, but you have a lot of strength within you. And you can feel yourself lifted into the air by these anonymous arms that are clasping you. And you can hear, you know, these voices say, get her down quick. You know, put, put, no, it's release, put it down and get her onto the thing quick. What do you do?
6: I'm still, I think, partially caught in the vision, but I try and see where my brother is because I can feel, I felt him enter almost.
0: Your head looks to the side. You see your brother looking out at you, but... It's so hard to see him as these straps are being wrapped around your head, and you can feel these large masculine hands, these orderlies, and it's not one, but two, but three, but four, and they force your little child's head back into this vice, this restraining grip, and you can see Tycho looking for you, and you can hear him say, no, sorry, and... You begin to move down this corridor. One light flashes, another one overhead. Wham! Two medical doors kind of burst open and a light flares. Astrid, you are maybe older now, not quite sure, but more secure in your movements, more experienced, more confident, and you are dressed in the garb of an aikidoka so a student a practitioner of the japanese martial art aikido which is famed for using other people's energy against them and coming up against you in a ritual pattern are multiple uh, opponents you recognize this as almost a ritual training sequence called randori when other individuals your training partners and your classmates are intended to attack you and for you to defend and you can see your father in all of his masculine powerful glory and he rushes towards your position full-on attack and he launches his fist at your face what do you do
4: I close my eyes and focus my energy. I duck uh, out of his grip and try to swing my leg around and uh, kick his legs out from under him.
0: And as you do that, so fluid, so simple, um, you flow underneath his closing grasp. so strong. And in fact, his momentum carries him forward as you swing your upper leg and just kind of you know, displace that inertia. And with the slightest touch at the right point, you send him flying into the other space and he rolls off towards, you know, the Northwest uh, uh, counter. You get a laugh, a youthful voice of your Uncle Random who then charges at you. And this time it's a flying kick that's coming and aimed towards your face, more towards your center, not giving the full extent of your ability to just kind of move aside. What do you do?
4: So uh, the kick hits, hits me in the chest, but I recover quickly and I return a counterattack and I say, uh, my father has taught me well.
0: Okay, and you can see that, I mean, and he's taken actually a little bit of a surprise. He expected you to actually more evade and deflect, not to actively resist. And because he wasn't actually, you know, anticipating, his leg goes all of a sudden, you know, really, um, you know, quite hard and solid. And it actually kind of, you know, bends his his leg a little bit unnaturally. And he actually winces for a second and he not nods and smiles and kind of rolls up. And the next one, and you have sp- sparred with him many times before. Your younger cousin with the green hair. That strength of strength and power and that exuberance. And Tycho, you face off against your cousin. What do you do? Okay.
5: So (laughs) I think... uh, I guess this is when I'm older? Not sure. Okay. Alright, so I think... Even um, when we're older, she is she's older than we are. So um, I'm still a little child, I think. And I am also dressed in an Aikido gi. Um, okay. And I move forward, maybe not very confidently. Okay. And not very sure of myself. Okay. But um, I. I come forward and I try to um, punch, as I have been taught, like a strike that will go for center of mass, um, you know, uh, one of the most basic of strikes that we've been taught.
0: Okay. So Astrid, one of the things that you have taught and you have learned into your muscle memory is that when your opponent strikes at you without the full intent and the full force, those are... Attacks that are easily deflected um, and um countered. Um, uh, but it's not the same as if someone fully commits. The power and the effectiveness of Aikido comes when your opponent fully commits with full strength into the attack. And then you kind of deflect and use that energy against them entirely. So you can see him, and that taiko is not really. Focused and striking with the full intent, and so that is a weakness. That is something you can exploit or you can extend. What do you choose to do?
4: A little bit of both. I I return uh, I return the counter move with intent and with power, but I also say uh, you must commit, cousin.
0: Okay, so you
4: cannot. Uh, You cannot bring only half your strength to battle.
0: So Tycho, you're frustrated. You're one strike. She so easily kind of, you know, uh, manages to block it. In fact, she puts your arm and shoulder into a little bit of a lock, twisting your arm just so, so you are controlled and you're completely within her control. But then she releases you with those words and you stumble back. You are still in the center of the mat. You still have the ability to attack her. What do you do?
5: All right. I'm more frustrated now and it's clear on, on Tycho's face. He goes forward again and this time he tries to be more um it's more forceful, but it's clearly more frustration and anger. Can and can I say one more thing? True skill.
0: In in this, this moment, you are keenly aware of all of the eyes on you. You can see Astrid's father. Your grandfather, Oberon, he is looking intently upon the scene. Your uncle is looking. And of course, your cousin there, smug, superior, and learned, the golden child of the family in the middle of the mat, waiting and calling for you. What do you do?
5: Yes, I'm, I'm going to move forward and I am going to try to um hit harder but again it is it is still filled with like frustration and not like the clear mind of going for this goal it's more um there's just a lot of anger and frustration and maybe even um overwhelmed being overwhelmed at at the position he's in uh how badly do you want to hurt her do i want to hurt her um I'm not quite there yet but I'm just like I'm I'm definitely more less careful again more careless
0: without that focus without that that d- desire without that drive she flows past you and you know deflects maneuvers counters and you're still in the center and you hear a laugh and it's the laugh of your grandfather and it's not necessarily the laugh of compassion. Oh, this is this child. It's almost a laugh of, oh, you poor thing. You know, a little bit of pity. And you can see and you struggle and then you're released back into the center.
5: Okay. Um, I think think part of I think part of Tycho's story is that he's never really had that killer instinct, okay. um, compared to the rest of of his family, and so he'll he'll go so far, but but always stops short of being like, well, I I have to be at the top of this, or else, and and I'll do anything to get there. Okay, so I think um, he still pushes forward. I think he's still he's he's getting more and more frustrated. He's getting more and more angry, and um, but you know how when you get more and more frustrated at something and you're you're trying to do better at it, uh-huh. you're you're in exact wrong headspace. Yes. to to do it. Yes, and you're getting further away from that headspace. I think that's what's happening, and he doesn't have the wherewithal to be like. Wait, I've got to stop and calm down and, and, um, focus or whatever. He is just like, all right, I've got to hit. It. I've got to do harder. I've got to do 150%. Right. And
0: you're it. just like I, launching with all the, you know, the, the, the frustration and the tension and all that is kind of, you know, gathered up amongst you. Astrid, your cousin is wasting your time and you can see that he is not really trying. You should probably teach this brat a lesson. What do you do?
3: Absolutely. I am going
4: to fast hard. Uh-huh. I want to show my superior skill, and I also want to show that I am focused. Um, so I'm trying to demonstrate all of this, and I will move straight towards him and um, attempt to to knock not knock you unconscious, but knock you down so that you'll be forced
0: to concede. Okay. And as you do that, he Brings in a powerful but I- a non focus punch, which is so easy for you to grab. And you kind of re- reverse the momentum in a quick thing. You step into the inside, your shoulder, you know, comes into it. And then wham! Oof! You throw Taiko hard upon the mat. And then you hear something break. Cassandra. Uh. Lights. Or is it. Sorrel uh, Sorrel you you see this two lights shining above you okay locked into this surgical table. And you can see the doctor's mask, that medical mask that gazes into you and these kind of glasses where you can see your own reflection. And you can see these kind of restraints that are on your body and you can feel yourself begin to struggle against them. And then you can see the orderlies, their hands, their big, hairy, muscled hands kind of grasp into you and hold you down with all their strength. You can see another shadow, another body kind of move in in direct you know, contact with your body. And then all of a sudden this, um, needle starts coming in and you can see it coming closer and it looks like it's coming towards your eye and it's coming closer and closer and closer. And you're straining your body because you can see that this, you know, needle sharp, um, you know, razor thin, um, Protrusion is getting closer and closer and flash around you, Sorrel. The lights everywhere are like blinding and all you can see is this little metal tip and this strange vibrating noise in the background and it's getting closer and closer to your eye and you can feel them straining against you, all these things holding you down. What do you do?
1: I scream out from my mind, stop, leave me alone, let me go. Okay. And it's a really powerful psychic kind of... And
0: as you do that, you can feel one or two of the orderlies... And their minds begin to bend and to writhe and you can see them almost like these little lights that are there and you could just crush them and snuff them out or you can pull and stretch and bend them. What do you want to do?
1: Pull and stretch and bend
0: okay, and you pull, and all of a sudden, you know, the the the, um, the 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 their their hold on you is released, and as they scream out in abject pain and terror, and then the needle kind of flies out and embeds itself into another one of the orderly, and the orderly, you know, his he was trying to apply the strength on you, and all of a sudden, you see his the whiteness of the bone in his shoulder actually burst out of the side of his shoulder and begin exposing the bone. And he screams out. And Sorrel, you see that as well. um Sorry, let me just... One more thing. Okay. um Sigrun. You are... Sigrun, sorry. You're in a snowball fight with your Uncle Corwin. And it is so much fun. And your mother kind of calls from beyond and you can hear her voice echoing throughout the fjord, the wintry air refreshing over. And she's like, Sigrund it's time to go in hot chocolate and marshmallows. Enough playtime. You let your uncle rest and you kind of come on. Let's let's have some uh, let's have some hot chocolate. Sigrun?
2: Uh, uh, no, I don't want to go in yet. I'm still playing. <laughs> as
0: you do that, poof, one of these snowballs kind of, you know, catapults and kind of, you know, smacks you on the side of the head, and you're like, "Hey, no fair!" And you just get this kind of, you know, guffaw coming from Corwin as he ducks behind a tree, and you know that he's going to grab from, you know, three or four extra snowballs that he's managed to kind of guide them. You've got a bunch towards you, but you can hear your mother calling. What do you do? Oh, I, I pick up uh, snowballs and I
2: rapid fire succession. I whip them at Corwin.
0: They actually whip into the trees. Wham, wham, wham. You get to see the three dots of the snow just kind of, you know, exploding onto the side of this kind of, you know, pine branch as he steps off to the side. And then he starts to kind of, you know, dodge over. And, you know, with a big smile on his face, he comes like running towards you as if he's going to tackle you into the snow. What do you do? <laughs>
2: I pick up a big heap of snow and I like throw it at him as he comes to tackle me. (laughs) Okay.
0: And he does kind of bat it aside a little bit, but enough for his head to kind of turn. And he does kind of not tackle, but now kind of grab you. And he's kind of, you know, doing a noogie, you know, in your hair and type of thing. And you guys are giggling and laughing. And then you kind of are, are brought inside the warmth of your log house and your cavern. And um, for a time there, um, things are a little indistinct and your memory is of whispered conversations, the marshmallows bubbling up from the well of your hot chocolate. You can see almost in slow motion the wisp of steam that are coming from your hot drink and then the memory of you walking with your mother's hand in your hand down a long corridor.
3: Hmm.
0: Come on, dear. It's time to go, she says.
2: Time, 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 time to go
0: where? Oh, it's not far now. It's a little bit of a surprise, dear. You're going to have so much fun. Remember we were what? planning this?
2: No. No, I don't. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want
0: to go. Dear, you're looking lovely. And I love the dress and the ribbon that you put in your hair. It really goes with your eyes. You look so wonderful. And I'm so proud that you agreed to kind of come. And, you know, this is a really special day, dear. Come on. We had your fun with your uncle. And, you know, he's off to see you here. And, you know, don't worry. We're going to see you off and we'll both be there and we'll both be watching. But you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to go into the room. And you, you know, you have to take those steps. Be brave. But I I don't want to go. Dear, we talked about this. It's something that we all agreed to. It's something that we all planned. And it's it's for your own good. Now, come on. For our own good. Come on, dear.
2: Fine. And she'll go.
0: All right. Psycho, you are with your mother, and you can see yourself almost say to her, "Where's Sori? Is she, she going to be okay?" And your mother, those soothing, wise tones, and she said, "Hush, dear. Don't don't worry. Now we've we've put word out throughout Rebma for the best healers. i I'm sure it's all going to be sorted." Now, would you like some hot chocolate and marshmallows? I know it's your favorite. No, I don't want any right now. Are you sure, dear? Hot chocolate and marshmallows. I got the multicolored ones. It always cheers you up.
5: Um, Maybe later, Mom. Okay. What I really want to do is see Sorrel.
0: Okay. Can we go see her? Yeah, we can go see her. Come this way. We'll, we'll, We'll just go. And again, your memory indistinct, it kind of filters in and you realize that you're walking in this corridor and it's it's actually really nice. And you feel the sunshine kind of beam through and you look on the sides of the doors and you see all the colorful artwork the ponies and the snowmen and you see one with the dragon just kind of flying around and there's one with this huge wolf that's kind of like trying to chase like a big ball in the sky and it's just looks like so much fun and you can see all these kind of you know children stuff like that and oh we're we're almost here now don't worry cassandra where where are we oh don't worry dear we're almost there and Cassandra, mm-hmm. you are on the other edge of a powerful mind that is boring into yours. Reaching out, creating that psychic linkage, it gave something The ability to grab onto it and to focus in almost to use your own connection as a powerful means of breaking into the defenses that you have so carefully built around your mind. And you hear, Cassandra, stop fighting me, damn your talent, it's for your own good. What do you do?
1: Put my defenses down and push her out.
0: Okay. So, (laughs) like, and and what do your defenses look like? How do you envision them? They are
1: going to be a solid wall. Okay.
0: Wham! (laughs) Of what type of material?
1: diamonds diamonds okay like so, <laughs> the
0: hardest substance that you can actually imagine but at the last moment it's not so much that the diamond wall wouldn't be you know be able to penetrate is whatever is doing this to you it actually sort of slightly maneuvers the angle at which the, the the wall comes down and so that its foundation is slightly unstable and although the wall itself is made out of this impenetrable the hardest substance because it's not anchored properly It begins to slip, and then you hear the voice, your mother's voice, call out and says, "Brother, I could use your help here." And then all of a sudden, another weight begins counterbalancing, and you can feel your wall begin to slip.
1: I'm going to take all of my energy, and I'm going to push that wall towards the people are trying
0: to. Okay, the wall flies backwards, and you can see for a second these. Tendrils, or tentacles, or something—kind of these winds—just kind of deflect it to side. You can see your mother's face. Um, you know the red hair, and you know she's looking at you with the, you know, the sternness. And again, it's almost this gigantic, larger than life. Cassandra, enough! And like you can hear, and then you can feel these spectral hands beginning to kind of loosen up amongst you, and then they kind of stretch, and they are trying to wrap around you. What do you do? you resist and you resist and you resist and another one actually it's almost more of like a blow or a slap and that came from something else a presence that's not of your mother's and all of a sudden your world starts to go a little bit blurry and as you do that another shift sorrel or 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 is it tycho not really sure but you're back in that scene the needle coming towards but then you don't you realize it's not really a needle and and the doctor that that's not a doctor you can see the skin the pallid gray uh the the, the almost rubbery surface of their many faces bearing into you the large limpid violet glowing eyes this alien presence the gray ones and their fingers reaching out and the light beyond you can see shining in above the lights is this crescent of stars that comes in. And again, the coldness, the alienness, the just the chilling background of the space. And you can see now what was once this needle coming down towards you, this epidemic, and you're still held within the embrace of these restraints. Some type of worm or crustacean or creature with these Alien tentacles that are waving in front of you, and it's getting closer to your face, getting closer to your eye, and all of a sudden this drip of viscous, cold, mucus, and this acidic burn begins descending down your face, and you can see now this creature... (laughs) kind of slop into your face and you can see it out of the corner of your outstretched eye, which is being held open by some sort of metal contraption. This creature, this worm, this this thing is getting closer and closer and you can see the little tentacles kind of reach out and begin to extend and you know that they're going to infiltrate your pupil. What do you do?
6: I try and... Stop fighting and just make myself go limp till I can wiggle away from it. And then I try and break the restraints.
0: Okay. It's tentacles in that moment where you kind of, you know, relax a little bit actually just clamp onto the sides of your eye. And there is one, two, three, maybe four tentacles that now begin to stretch. And you can feel your pupil being, you know, pulled to each side. And it's almost coming off of the metal restraint. And then this closing mouth, this many-colored circular jaw and teeth becomes getting even closer and closer. You manage to break one of the restraints and the other one you're struggling with, but that moment that you're using with your energy to focus and break out of the restraint allows the mouth to come even closer. What do you do?
6: I think I try and change instead of break free. and. Manipulate my body to be small enough that I
0: can tug free. Ooh. And in that moment, your body kind of shifts into something that it isn't right now. And in that moment, you feel the reptilian serpentine form begin to flow and to actually start to overcome everything. And so you no longer have an arm which is bound by that restraint. But then the creature, it still goes into your eye, sinks deeper and burrows in. And the last thing you notice are these tentacles that weave in like a little cloud in your uh, in, in your pupil and in your eye. And all of you, one way or the other, are in front of this door. And the door seems very large to your childlike bodies as you look up. And the door opens. And there's a woman dressed in light greens and gold. It's your Aunt Flora. Now, who do we have here? Sigrund! Cassandra. Oh, good. Sorrel, you made it too. Now run along, children. Go meet your cousins. Look, Astrid and Tycho are already playing together. We're going to have so much fun. And you all recover from this flash, this memory, this retrograde recollection of something. That was or something that may have been, and you stand together in the center of the pattern. In your hand Sigrund is the blade Grayswand dear. And it is a glorious weapon thrumming within it. You see a little tracery almost of a golden circle and along the reflections of the edge, you almost feel the carvings of the pattern flowing through the blade itself. But the one thing you notice is your cousin Alain is nowhere to be seen. And you stand within this primal place this place of wonder and you can see everywhere around you you're not quite in a cave anymore it's almost as if you can feel the cave around you but you can see further it's almost by looking out in all directions 360 degrees and all around you you're standing like a moat a point of light in a spiral galaxy and from here you look and you can see the universe. You feel the power energizing within you, and you know from this point you could go anywhere if you were but to wish it. Amber, I wish
1: to go to Amber.
0: That is Sigrun's choice.
1: We need to return to Corwin.
0: Now, let's break this moment down a little bit, so Sigrun, you have a moment here and Cassandra speaks these words. We have to go back to Corwin, right? It's a conversation, but you don't have to partake in that conversation if you don't want to. If your will and your desire is strong enough in this moment, you could wish yourself away and have the pattern take you to the place of your desire. But let The conversation continues slightly. So, so Cassandra, you say those words. Anybody else? How do you guys react? What do you say? What do you think? And what do you do?
4: So, Astrid, um, we swore a blood oath to bring the sword back to Corwin. And I take a step closer to Sigrun, as if I might reach for the sword if she tries to... Not return to Corwin,
0: and there's something about your words spoken spoken in this place of power. It's almost like your words take on this metaphysical shape and imagery, and your words and your intent are sort of carved into mystical glyphs and sigils of power, almost as if the universe itself is listening. And passing judgment upon what happens in this space. That is Astrid's action. What do others do?
1: I would go towards the sword as well, because I want to make sure we go back to Corwin.
5: Okay. I start to walk towards um, the others,
0: and I look back at Sorrel and kind of with like a nod. And indicate that we should go. And importantly, what form do you find yourself in, Tycho? Is it your battle form, this sort of armored, razored beetle? Or are you in a humanoid shape? I think I'm back in a humanoid shape. Okay. Sorrel.
6: I think Zorl is also back in a humanoid shape and is feeling very vulnerable right now after all of those memories. And she quickly goes to her brother's side and kind of takes his arm.
5: He looks at her um and I think there's like like uh non nonverbal communication between them and so he like you know, allows her to to, to lean on him,
0: basically. Yeah, and with that, Tycho, you know that there's part of you that experienced the same things that she experienced just from a different side of the coin. So with a brother's, with the twins' empathy and insight, you see some of the things that have rattled and shaped her because you saw them yourself, Sigrind, they step towards you, maybe not menacing, but again, you are an outsider here. You don't really remember, although in your mind now, this weird recollection of you being in the same room, the same place with your Aunt Florimel and your cousins, who you do kind of recognize— and this is like a new feeling and a new memory and clutched in your hands is the blade, the very blade that you swore a blood oath to return to Corwin. But you are in a place of power and the universe listens to the scions of Amber. What do you do? There's so much dead space in here where yeah, people are thinking <laughs> about it. I have to totally cut that out of the podcast. <laughs>
2: Well, it's a tough decision. I mean, like, she's, she, she looks at the rest of them and she can't comprehend what they're thinking. Amber, this is our chance to get to Amber. And all they care about is getting the sword back to the man who can't use it. Uh, like, do, do they not feel the pull as strongly as she does? Uh, however, she's also aware that she's in the minority. And if they choose to, uh, all gang up on her, it's, uh, She's not sure she could um, stave them off, though she doesn't understand why they wouldn't just want to go to Amber. So, so she'll say, fine, then we'll go
0: back to Corwin. Okay. So how do you do this?
2: Uh, I just imagine Corwin where we last saw him and uh, that we just, I just imagine that we are there, that we just uh, find ourselves ...standing in that place, though Sigrun will will find herself standing with Corwin in front of her and the rest of the group uh, as far back as possible away from her.
0: Okay. The others, especially you, Cassandra, feel the gathering of Sigrun's powerful will, and you can feel it coalescing along and drawing strength from the pattern and you intuitively know she is going to use the pattern to take her uh, to take herself somewhere you don't know where
1: Okay, well, I don't know where she's going, so I'm going to try and... Did I not it. just say that? Yeah, but we I... don't know. You didn't say it out loud. Does yeah, you? You and, and, it? And, and, and sorry, Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I should
0: be specific about that because I think you were voicing what I was interpreting as your inner monologue, but I didn't, other than you saying, fine, let's go, I didn't hear you... Converse with the others. So, if we want, maybe we just back up a little bit. So, I know you want to gather your strength and focus upon Corwin, which is cool. Do you tell these other?
2: Yes, of course, I'll tell them because I don't. I wouldn't want them to uh, assume that I'm doing something different because they'll just attack me. All right. So I'll say, fine. Let's go back to Corwin, and then I'll uh, gather the power to do that.
1: Okay. So I can we can I sense that she's going to like bring us with her or do we have to each bring ourselves
2: did i not say let's she did say let's i
1: know but can can she bring us like like i want to have it cuz i know what she's planning to be right in front of Corwin and the rest of us but i don't want that i don't oh, want all of us
0: around oh i see okay so
1: I, well, I, would, I, I
2: wouldn't have said that part out. Yeah, yet. of course not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if I want to know: Do I sense that that's can because I can I sense if I look into her mind a little bit? Can I sense that that's what her I, again? Is? With or can that. I just make sure that I am close to Corwin when we arrive?
0: Okay. That. So what I will say is that you do not know what she is thinking. Okay. You cannot read her mind without. A psychic battle to overcome her defenses. And you don't want to do that, right? Right. Um, What you do know er, and what you surmise that you have the ability to influence is what the pattern does with you. Okay. So it may be difficult to actually anticipate what she will do. But what you can control is what you will do. Okay. Right? And so if you say, I want to appear next to Corwin.
1: I want to appear next to Corwin. There we go. And I'd like to have the sword in my hand which I don't have right now, but I'd like to have Okay, (laughs) so you're wishing for the sword to come into
0: your hands. Interesting. Okay, anybody else? uh, What else do you guys do as you kind of will yourselves back to Corwin's tower?
4: I'm not sure if this is possible, but as I uh, will myself back, I imagine Corwin a little bit stronger than he looked when we left. And I also imagine all of us feeling
0: strong and refreshed. Hmm, very cool. Sorrel and uh, Tycho.
5: I, I I guess I will focus on, on Corwin okay. and think about him. I'm, I'm not really, since, as long as we get the the
0: sword back, I don't care where I'm standing beside Corwin or, okay. or not. And then Sorrel. Sora will also go along,
6: and I think Astrid's encouragement, I guess, Mm -hmm. I'd call it. uh, She feels a little better and is better able to take her place, feeling a bit more normal.
0: Okay. The universe blinks, and the universe breathes, and in what could be a flash an infinitesimal amount of time, or in eternity, you flow from one place to the other, almost squeezed out a tube and sucked and stretched into the other area. But as you travel, each of you in their own way, you can see and feel the link of Corwin's blood and blood magic, the drippings of these blood worms, if you will, that traveled and hooked into you. And you can see flying right along with you that bird that is fashioned out of Corwin's pulsating blood, flying above you, almost connected by those strands of blood and energy. And all of you hurtle towards this point. Sigrun, in your hands, you feel Graze One Deer begin to vibrate and shake. And it is like cutting a path through the stars as you hurtle down this starlit path. But something is trying to Grab onto it, and you feel that the slightest deflection in your angle could result in you shifting course away from your intended path. What do you do?
2: I don't want to shift from my intended path. Um, I, I want to be rid of this interference. I want to stay on path and be rid of this interference. I concentrate into the sword uh, and imagine the pattern um, that takes me to my desired uh, destined place uh, being just that much stronger and just cutting through any and, and all interference.
0: And as you do that, your mind's eye travels into the pattern reflections of the sword and they almost create this scintillating barrier of energy which surrounds you and strengthens you. And Cassandra, all of a sudden you feel your consciousness and your will cut off. And although you had influence, Sigrun's connection with the blade is stronger for some reason. It is more solid and it is more real. And what tenuous momentary connection you had to be able to grasp it has then flown out of that possibility. And the next moment, you all appear inside the chamber. Astrid, you're not sure if you've had any effect on Corwin. But you do see him at the center of the space that he was in looking haggard and tired but as he sees and senses your presence he definitely kind of perks up cassandra you can see the faintest tracings of what appear to be golden energies and bands of chains that seem to flow out of nowhere and surround and bind Corwin's torso, his arms, and his feet. You weren't able to sense this before, but all of a sudden now, you can sense very subtly these energies surround you. And Corwin looks up, and he sees you. He first makes eye contact with Sorrel and with Tycho, and there's that slight nod of acknowledgement and almost a sense of relief. And he says, y- you-, you did it. Thank you.
5: You're welcome. Now, shall we give him the sword?
1: So you said I could see the chains, but do I know how to break them?
0: You're not sure?
1: I want to investigate them further and see if I can figure it out.
0: Okay. Sigrun? you see Cassandra move slightly and begin to focus intently around the space that Corwin is in. And I will say since both of you specified, you are both close closest to his position. The rest of you are a little bit more back in the room or, you know, surrounding him in a bit of a circle, but you know, he is kind of in the center of this chamber and you two are the closest to him.
2: So I look directly at, Corwin, and I have the sword in my hand. So I'll hold it up, and I say, Corwin, I have your sword, and I'll hold it towards him. Okay. What
0: is your desire? He seems to tremble a little bit in his hand, trembling with anticipation, eagerness, Mm -hmm. but also this deep sense Of weariness. He reaches his hands forward and you can uh, see his eyes close. And all of a sudden, you feel the blade start to be pulled away from you, Sigrund. And it is like something, a dark talon. Penetrating into your heart and squeezing and twisting and the agony is intense and overwhelming. These jagged flashes of sharpened razors that are exploding everywhere from within you. And You begin to collapse forward onto one knee because the pain is so intense. When the doctor asks, you know, you know, is this, you know, what's the pain on a scale of one to 10? This is a 13 or more. And this, it's like these explosions kind of go off in your eyes and actually penetrate your entire um, body. And you let out just the beginnings of a scream or it's starting to build within you. What do you do?
2: I say, you bastard. And I, if I can, I kick him in the nuts. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, as you do this, um, the rest of you, you see the same thing that is happening to Sigrun happens to Corwin. As he reaches out his hand, as he closes his eyes, his back arches out in incredible pain and all of a sudden the two of them almost in tandem in the exact same moment they seem to experience this shared intense agony of pain and he gets hit by this, you know, strike to his kind of groin, and he slams back against the wall. And in fact, it's not the wall. Um, Cassandra, you see that these chains actually bind him into space, and he, you know, is basically held backwards by it, and his body is not able to travel fully, you know, through the space um, from the kick. Now, both of them, and both of, you know, you, Carwin and Sigrun, you're reeling with this agony. And let me ask you, are you still trying to hold on to the sword?
2: I was trying to give it to him, uh, and then he inflicted this pain on me. Um, So at this point, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the sword back. I don't, like, I was willingly giving it up, and then he inflicted this damage, excruciating pain on me, so I'm like, I don't trust him anymore.
0: Okay. Others, what do you do? Do we know where?
1: So we see both of them in pain.
0: Yeah. It happened at the exact moment that Corwin was reaching and closing his eyes and reaching for the blade. Are I I they the sword. blade right now? The only one touching the blade is Sigurd, not Corwin.
2: But you would have seen me extending it... Um... To Corwin, like in a, in a gesture of like, here it is, just take it from me. Understand? Right. Uh, can
0: I
1: tell where the pain, the source of the pain yeah, is? Like just a psychic When pain? both
5: of you touched it, that tr- triggered
0: something or yeah. not? But I guess it's just... Yeah, Corwin never touched the blade. Okay, so is right. it a
1: psychic source of pain? Like where is the... Can I tell where this, the source of where this pain is coming from?
0: Everything seems to be centered on the sword and both of their mutual connections to the blade.
1: Okay, I'm going to try and grab the sword.
0: Okay, so Cassandra's reaching for the sword. Sorrel, Astrid, any other actions?
4: Yeah. uh, uh, Sigrun, I don't think he did anything intentionally.
0: I think something is... Corwin gets up. He... He's able to? He's, I thought he okay, I thought he is was... able to get up. Okay. And he is wincing in incredible pain, fighting through the okay. agony. And again, he closes his eyes And he takes one step forward, almost like forcing himself. And, you know, Sigrun, you can see him come towards you. But you also are almost half paralyzed by the agony of this moment. Something flashes, something reaches out as his hand extends. And you can see him like, like, you know, a Jedi is trying to attract a lightsaber. It's the same sort of thing. And as he does that again, again, poof, that explosion of pain and you lose the ability to kind of, you know, concentrate even further, but you're still holding onto the blade. That's all you can do. And again, all of you see this simultaneous moment of shared agony. Okay. See, Tycho. Can I lend psychic strength to... Could I lend
4: some psych, psychic strength? So I want to... So I approach Corwin, um, and if he lets me, I place my hand on his shoulder, and I try to give him some strength. Um, And I'll say, uh, your commitment has to be stronger.
0: Okay. So, with those words and leasing, uh, you know, uh, making that kind of connection upon you, he is in no condition to resist anything that's happening on the mental plane because his body is, you know, in so much agony as you lend that. And in fact, it's difficult for you, like just the touch alone, you get an empathic sense Mm. of what they're feeling. And you all of a sudden are kind of, you know, in this state as well. It is, you know, Like, a whole degree less than, you know, what they are experiencing. But you can understand what's kind of going on right now. Sorrel and Tycho. Any reactions?
5: Can I tell if, um, like, is this what kind of power this is
0: coming from? Is it, like, sorcery or just psychic or something like that? I'm going to say Tycho Yep. That you are not well-versed enough in what I would call the esoteric arts to be able to make that determination. Basically, what you see in front of you, whatever is happening in this kind of strange moment, what you see is what you get. You cannot okay. tell so or you cannot wouldn't sense... wouldn't be able to
5: try to use any kind of psychic ability to to quest out. Not C necessarily. If
0: on. you make psychic contact and you attempt to make that connection and try to force that, you might be able to. I think I'll try that. Okay. Who are you attempting to connect with?
5: Um, I think I'm reaching out to uh, Sigrun.
0: Sigrund. Okay. And then... Sorrel, last but not least, what are you doing?
6: I'm going to also try and connect, but I'm going to try and connect to Corwin. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right.
6: Which seems like this might go very badly, <laughs>
0: And, and and are you attempt are you attempting are you attempting, are you attempting to
5: lend cable
0: <laughs> yeah i know everyone just kind of grab onto the electrical current yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is strange psychic group hug actually just kind of happens as you kind of all reach out okay um and all of you again not to the same intensity okay so those of you so uh Astrid and and Tycho as you reach out and you make a connection it's like a jolt of electricity just kind of flows through you but the magnitude of that is nothing what um you know uh Corwin and um and and Sigrun are actually feeling and then uh who is the person who it was no Tycho Sorrel, you were lending strength to, um, to to Sigrun, or is it the other Corwin. way around? Uh, d- okay. Corwin. To Corwin. So, who was helping Sigrun? Tycho. Uh, I was. Ty- Tycho. Sorry, sorry. I got those mi- mixed up. So, you know, anyways, that's kind of what happens. And then in that flash of a moment, you can feel Corwin's powerful mind actually kind of slough all of you off, including you, Cassandra. And it-, doing it. Oh, sorry. Corwin. Okay. What are you doing?
1: I was trying to, like, connect with the blade. Oh,
0: you're trying to connect with the blade. Because
1: that's the source of the pain. I
0: see. Okay, sorry. I I, I missed that (laughs) a little bit. Okay. So, Sigrun, you, again, sense another presence trying to reach out and to take that which is yours. The blade that you earned in honorable combat in the walk of the pattern, again, it tries to get a hold placing itself daring to touch the pommel to touch the you know the blade to kind of draw it and take it away from your righteous grasp and it We're is I'm not
1: really trying to take it away from her I'm trying to find out what it's what it's doing to cause the pain
0: Okay All I'm right. trying to stop okay. the pain Okay okay you're going to try to stop the pain okay All right So in that moment this is what happens Corwin gets a boost from the other connections from other people that doesn't eliminate the pain but it stops his ability to be paralyzed by it and you can see cassandra what is causing the pain is he is trying to summon a blade which is his but it is no longer his and so it is almost like the psychic backlash of trying to Take something that should belong to him, but now belongs wholly to another. Is it does it belong to Sigrin? It seems to belong to Sigrin at the moment. And at that, Corwin surges forward in a lightning fast motion, and he goes to grab onto Sigrin. What do you do, Sigrin?
2: Uh, if he's physically coming towards me?
0: Physically coming towards you.
2: Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to uh, invoke my Bind Rune, Sin Er Anger, and uh, it's a boost of luck.
0: Boost of luck, okay. His fist Kind of, you know, comes past you and you can sense the flare of the power kind of go off and his path is directed slightly off to the side, but he still manages to kind of get a grasp of sort of your clothing and pull you towards him. What do you do? <laughs> I kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Okay. As he does that, um, he basically moves into your space and he bends his knee slightly forward. And basically, although you hit him with strength, it is in more of a position that brings him closer to you. And all of a sudden you are wrapped up in powerfully in his his hands and he begins to exert his force. Astrid, you can feel him apply this energy and this focus of, you know, the the, the strength kind of coming forward and I mean he's definitely shifting into the physical realm uh, as opposed to, you know, the psychic realm and he's about to unleash his full power against Sigrun. What do you do? And others
4: and and so what cassandra found out like
1: we don't know that yet that was just something that
0: she learned unless you want to communicate this no, i haven't
1: communicated it but i <laughs> yeah, okay. am if i can have my turn i know that uh, the sword okay. i know that the sword so, oh sorry go ahead astrid
4: astrid i i still believe that this is uh a, a matter of the will and that they're just try, like they're just kind of evenly matched in terms of the will um but she doesn't want to give when too much of an unfair advantage. She feels like she's fulfilled. I fulfilled my letter
0: and your obligation? trying to bring
4: this back. So um, I will keep lending Rowan power. But if it looks like he goes too far in my estimation, I'm going to break that contract. Okay. But for now, I'm going to keep lending him psychic strength.
0: Yeah. And in fact, what I'm going to do now, because you were mentioning, you know, when it gets to my turn. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to take a look at your, your, your different stats. Okay. So Sigrin, you were able to go. Then Sorrel, it's kind of your turn to kind of, you know, uh, you know, react in this space. If you want to, you definitely have that contact with Corwin, your father, and he does seem to have been lent strength to resist beyond the pain because of the additional psychic contact you are lending to him.
6: I'm going to try and use my healing power word on
0: him. Nice. Okay. That flashes forward, and in that moment, it definitely surrounds and strengthens him. You can feel that his energy is flagging and that he's weakened by probably his constant state of imprisonment. But for that moment, you give him a burst of strength, which only gathers as he pulls together to unleash it. Um... Cassandra.
1: Okay. I am going to do a psychic link with Sigrun. Okay. And I am going to hopefully she won't resist this, but I want to merge our psychic powers and push Corwin
0: down. <laughs> okay. Um Sigrun, you've experienced Cassandra's intrusions enough times now that you know Best that powers. Oh, okay. So you yeah. you want to create it from a distance. Okay. Yeah. So the, the psychic work kind of creates a link. So again, in that instance, Sigrun, you feel um, Cassandra's mind kind of reach out to, uh, towards yours. You also get a sense of her intent a little bit. So you definitely recognize that it is hers. And similar to the contact that you're gaining from Tycho, you're also getting that as well. So it's almost like a well. If you wanted to, you could pull on that energy and you could use that to strengthen your own position.
2: So it it feels friendly, not not intrusive. It is meant to be
1: friendly, and I'm trying to help you fight Corwin. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely
2: take
0: advantage of that. Okay. And my question is, Sigrin, is how do you want to use that? So that power is psychic in nature. It is not physical. It is not, you know, an act of strategy or tactics. So what this gives you is the ability to do more of a psychic attack and to shift things from the physical to the psychic. That is how you could choose to use the power. But what is about to happen to you uh, from from Corwin is purely physical.
2: Yeah, so I channel that energy and I use it to focus uh, my attachment to the blade and to reinforce that in such a way that it creates a repulsion against Corwin that if he's near the blade, it causes him physical, uh, just being near the blade will cause him... Uh, whether it's psychic or physical cause him harm that he will have a compulsion to be far from it
0: okay and with that there is this kind of release as all of you kind of go through this collective you know psychic shudder as this almost you know repulsion energy kind of throws you you back and it is enough you know, with the extra push from Cassandra, that was enough to kind of pull you apart from what, what he was about to kind of extend. If he had had full grasp upon you with, you know, what Astrid had done, to, um, you know, you would have, or, or your um, your burst of luck. If he had uh, a greater contact with you, Sigrun, he probably would have been able to have you entirely and throw you to the ground or something. But you're kind of broken apart. And with that, Corwin kind of, you know, basically strains within his bounds. And he says, what have you done by the unicorn? Grey's one, deer is mine.
1: Not anymore, Corwin. It belongs to Sigmund now. But how? I do not know.
0: This is my blade granted to me through my pattern walk. It is my fate and destiny intertwined. How could you... Maybe when she grabbed it from the
1: pattern, it became hers.
2: Clearly you've lost your way, Corwin.
0: This...
6: Perhaps our destinies are superseding yours.
0: Perhaps. I, and he opens both hands, almost like a person raising them when you know police asked to, you know, put your hands up type of thing. In in that universal gesture of non aggression and surrender. And surrender, right? And he says, I apologize. I accept. It looks And I'm
2: sorry, Corwin, I tried to return the sword to you, but clearly it is not meant to be. That doesn't mean we can't help you, though.
1: That we can't go to Amber. Can we use this sword to help you escape from the chains?
0: The sword contains with it a shard of the primal pattern. Its blade is energized and supported by that power. It and other extensions of the true pattern are the only things in this universe able to break through other similar powers, such as this. And he looks around, and he's gesturing the entire tower. Cassandra, you have a sense that he is referring to sort of the Trump energies that you know that surround this place. I had hoped to use... What I thought was my blade, to cut myself free. Little did I think that it would not be mine. And with that, he seems to stumble backwards, collapsing into Astrid and Sorrel, your physical embrace. And you realize how tired and frail he is
1: perhaps we can help you.
0: Will you release me from my chains?
1: We'll try. So, um, Sigrun, since the blade is yours, perhaps the two of us can investigate the pattern together, like merge our minds and look at the pattern together and see if we can release Corwin somehow that way. If you're okay with Yes,
2: that. but before we do, this, uh, This was not a fun experience for me.
0: Nor I. And
2: I'm, i Corwin, I want something from you. (laughs) I want your word that you will work with us and for us and never against
0: us. I find it wholly ironic that you are the one who is able to extract this from me. How nicely you have stacked the deck and he kind of bows to you with irony and respect. Cassandra, the blade will slice through these bindings. You do not need to do anything more complex than that.
1: Can Sigmund, can you see the bindings?
0: Can I? You cannot
1: Okay, if I link with her, can I show her where the bindings are so that she can...
0: If she allows you to connect with her mind.
1: Okay, Sigrund, I know where the bindings are. Will you let me connect with your mind so that I can show you where they are, so that you can see them?
2: Do I need to see them before I can
0: strike? So, you get a sense from the positioning of his body that, you know, he's not able to fully extend into his full stance and form because there are bindings around him. It's almost as if, if he were tied up, that would be his position. You just can't see it physically. You can guess and you can approximate where those bindings are and you think that you would be able to, you know, target them with accuracy, but it's not going to be the same than if Cassandra actually guides you psychically. Okay. So, Corwin, your word, please. Often, he says, for my relatives and your parents, our words are not enough. We have done too many things, broken too many covenants, that a simple promise is insufficient. Are you sure you only wish for my verbal consent? (laughs) <laughs> or must we do something more significant?
3: I it's true, think we
4: did. We did swear a blood oath to help him. Perhaps we should ask him to return the favor.
2: Yes, and I think what he's saying is uh, he's kindly pointing out that uh, that an oath might not be enough, which makes which leads to the question of why is he here in these chains in the first place, and what more assurance. Can you give us,
3: Colin?
0: I thought I had made myself clear. I am here because I have been unjustly imprisoned by the tyrant Eric, who makes false claim upon the throne of Amber. He used my shadow as a decoy for all of the others, my brothers my sisters, the royal patrons of the Court of Amber to witness my humiliation while I imprisoned in this place, Mm -hmm. tricked here by my sister I'm sure to be able to what,
2: what can you do what can you offer to us to give us assurance that you will do nothing but help us and never interfere or hurt us.
0: I can give you my own blood oath. Will this be sufficient?
2: You just said that oaths are not... This is a blood oath. Yeah,
0: when 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 I said oath, I meant like a verbal... I'm I'm saying this, a verbal promise. The implication here is that a blood oath is an invocation of a powerful magic. And that is stronger and more binding than just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. What happens if you break a blood oath? You don't know that you can.
2: Okay. So Sigrun will uh, in, in invite uh, the blood oath, and on her oath uh, she will uh, attempt to free him with
6: Cassandra's help.
0: Okay. Anybody I, else? I think Sorrel will
6: press to make sure that it does include everybody, not just the people working to free him at the moment. If that makes sense. What do you mean who do you mean by everybody?
1: Like everybody in the room?
6: All oh. of all of us cousins are involved in this and would like that promise of Corwin not being able to retaliate against us for whatever reason. But but so you mean
2: cousins that aren't you mean yeah, cousins it, that, that it, aren't aren't present here? No,
6: just just the five uh, of us. Right? The five of us. The five of us, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's what I and not
6: me. just Zigrin um, and Cassandra.
1: I think it was meant for everybody, right?
6: That's how I worded it. Yeah, I think it was, but I think Sorrow would uh,
0: not trust that. <laughs> Before we invoke ritual, let me appeal to your practical natures. The throne of amber, upon it sits a traitor who has no rightful claim. The reason why I am here, the reason why you are here, is because I attempted to oppose that which should never have been granted in the first place. Yes, my desire is selfish, to claim my rightful place upon the throne, but it is also because I wish to oppose an act of tyranny and injustice. Had Eric not taken this upon himself, we do not even know if your grandfather is dead. There is no clear line that establishes the succession, yet he maneuvered things. So you are all placed in this position. Now, you are here despite the fact I know you were supposed to be hostages of Flora, correct?
1: Hostages. Hostages.
0: You don't know, do you? We
4: were just at Flora Mel's for our annual family reunion.
0: And how many years have you been attending these reunions?
2: Oh, this is my first, I tell you. How many years? I
0: I don't know. (laughs) Fifty,
2: maybe?
4: Forever.
0: (laughs) So this is where it flashes into your head. And where your memory, as you search through it, starts to loop through your own recollections, which are become interspersed with these strange images that you had of being drugged. ...or captured and held down. For some of you, the weirder images of kind of alien abduction and things like that. And you now start to question everything that's related to those memories. In fact, you see yourselves now in front of each other... ...and you see yourselves juxtaposed in that strange, almost kindergarten-like space... And you kind of really wonder, what is it that you actually experienced? What is it Hmm. that you actually know of each other? Have you really been going to the annual gatherings year on year? And when you come to think about it, it's hard for you to remember specifics. And in fact, the only thing that you seem to recall is what just happened at the last gathering. So Tycho, you arriving in the rocket ship. Cassandra, you arriving in the helicopter. Astrid, you arriving in the car. But you try to think about what happened before and, and you're not making those connections. You mean our entire lives have disappeared? You huh. try to look back in your mind and you try and you can see little bits. So your work with the Swiss embassy, Cassandra, the legal work that you have done with Tokyo and Thailand and Bangkok and it all melds into kind of one and you don't really remember what is true and what is not. And how many times you've pressed the Parachute an emergency thruster button on that same rocket ship that you entered again and again and again, Tycho. The scripts and the movie lines that you would say endlessly upon, line after line, repeating, and cut, and repeat, and reshoot, Stop, says the director. And again, you go through those motions. And Astrid, an unending sequence of vinyasa flow yogic movements over and over and over again. And you realize that your memories of what was They now, what has happened when you walk the pattern, is that these holes in your mind have now been exposed. You did not see them, nor could you see them before. But someone or something has tried to tamper with your memory. And Corwin, sensing and feeling this realization wash over you, he says, They tried to do it to me too. You are as much victims in this as I. And so I ask you, do we even need to go this far? You have been pawns. How did you even get here? How did you know to come rescue me?
1: We got a message from your bird.
0: It was Uncle Benedict. That
1: came with your bird. We got Uncle Benedict's
0: trump card from your bird. I have not seen Benedict since all of this began. Since my father disappeared, I have not seen or heard anything. I know what others... What is
6: it that we brought in?
0: Now, Astrid, you know that Benedict was not yep. an Amberite, right? It was some sort of weird alien construction with, like, yellow blood... A creature right. of shadow, right. and not...
1: It just looked like Benedict, it wasn't the real Benedict.
0: Exactly.
1: Well then
4: whoever it was, uh... Trusted us enough to know that we would trust Uncle Benedict.
5: So? Knew that we would
4: trust
0: him, rather. yeah. Did you even know Benedict?
1: I don't think any of us knew him, did we? Uh, someone but, did. I think Elaine did.
0: And with that, Corwin also says, Where is Ale? He,
1: he never came out of the pattern.
0: He didn't come out. Wh- with us. What do you mean he never came out of the pattern? What does that even mean?
1: Well, he wasn't at the center of the pattern when the rest of us arrived.
0: He walked the pattern but did not emerge?
1: Not that we could not see. Not that we know of.
0: This This is not possible.
1: Well, can you not fail to complete the pattern could if you have f- perished?
0: <laughs> that's one explanation but there would be a body then he must have had help external intercession, someone with greater understanding than all of us had to take him away from a pattern walk this is unheard of you see nothing is as simple as it seems You are not who you think you are, and you, like all of us, are being manipulated, and you are pawns. Now, let me ask a few questions. Who were you with? You were at Flora's, yes? Firmly under her control, I'm assuming.
4: We were at With Cousin Gideon? Yeah, with Cousin Gideon. And Elaine, and they were the only ones who aren't here now.
0: Suspicious, wouldn't you say? Now, I will say this Gideon is Blaze's offspring, and with my failed attempt to assault Amber, I also fought with my brother Blaze. We allied together to overthrow Eric, but ultimately failed. And at the last moment, I tossed my trumps to my brother. So it is possible that he and others, they aren't under the control of Eric. And they are operating behind the scenes. We have allies.
4: We at least have a common enemy at sea.
0: Who do you feel that is?
4: Unless you're manipulating up and using us as...
0: Which you might be. He puts his hands up. Seems
4: like we all have something to settle with Eric. Something to understand about why we've kept it dark about who we are. What I about? don't I don't even know my father's name. I I have these images, yet I couldn't tell you the
3: name.
0: Well, I can tell you who I think your father is. It's pretty evident. Do you know the name Gerard? And that name does ring through you with electrical energy. In fact, that sailor who was rushing towards you in the pattern walk as you kind of shifted it elsewhere? hmm. Uh-huh. That has a strong resonance with his arms around you tossing you up in the air.
4: Astrid just all silent, very confused.
2: What about Florimel? You said something about us all being hostages.
0: Florimel was intended to be your warden. Why? No wonder it was so boring huh? at <laughs> her. She did the same with me. Now, she is nothing but the executor of Eric's will. So, although I despise and resent her actions and do hold her accountable for the state of affairs... I know that she is ultimately just a pawn on our... Why, did she,
5: why did she side with him instead of you?
0: She and I have never seen eye to eye, and let us just say that she always has had a unerring sense for those who were in a position of strength. She is not of the personality of one who would lead and therefore seeks the strongest alpha to be able to attach themselves to and gain their power and prestige from it. As talented as she is, she lacks the discipline and the ambition to do anything otherwise. So we have a mystery and a quandary There are forces out there who have managed to free you against all of Eric's and Fiona's plans and to let you loose into the world as wild cards in our grand game. And I can say definitely with you together as a united force, this is as powerful of any of us and certainly something which is unexpected. So whomever orchestrated this event has put into play great uncertainty, incertitude, into what would have normally been a very standard opening. So I believe, blood oath or no, that you stand in a unique place to influence Maybe play kingmaker to who you will. And this makes you intensely valuable. Not just to a person like me, but to all of us, all my brothers and sisters.
2: Including the one who put us in this position in the first
0: place. But why did they put you in the position? Why did they change the status quo? It had to be in order to destabilize what is happening in amber, so that other forces may come to play. Very well. You have my sword, and he looks at you, Sigrun. Against everything that I could have planned or anticipated, you have that which is truly mine. And one day, I guarantee you, I will regain it. But for now... You have my word that I will do nothing to stop this state of affairs. So, do we ally by commonality and circumstance and realpolitik? Or must you extract a blood oath from me?
2: Oh, I do believe we need a blood oath and nothing less will suffice.
1: We've just found out our whole lives are a lie. I think we need the oath.
0: I have no wish to be anybody's pawn. He turns and he looks at Sorrel and he looks at Tycho. And there is sadness and regret in his eyes. And he says softly, truly, I did not know. Your mother, now that I can clearly see her self in you, I did not know that you were even around. If there's anything that I can say, I regret this. I regret not being able to hold you, to see you, to have you grow up, to tell you stories at night. And this more than anything, I realize that I've lost so much. My imprisonment, my blindness. I've lost time. Time that I could have spent with you. Time that I can never, ever regain. (sighs) I hope that you will travel to your mother someday and truly find your heritage and your birthright. Very well. I am at your mercy. What is it that you would extract from me?
2: Your blood oath that you will work with us and for us, all of those who are present in this room right now, Forever and never against us.
0: Work towards you to what end? What is Work it that with you wish? Us
2: and To support us and never against us.
0: Those are the terms. Binding uh, as Stigrun they And will-, will
2: look to the rest of the group and, uh, and solicit uh, any further changes or additions. I say that we'd be bound
4: in this quest to get to Amber figure out what happened to us.
0: That is much more specific.
2: That, that he, he's, he is bound to it to help us to figure out what happened to us? I, but That I think is the extent of the oath that I would
0: require. That is, I would say, wise. As it is a contract of specificity And limited duration. What you ask for, Sigrun, is something all-encompassing. I find, and I'm sure the universe will find those terms to be difficult to interpret at the best Mm -hmm. of times.
2: I need your blood oath that you will never take this sword from
0: me. I cannot give you that blood oath. That sword is mine. I do not know why you hold it, why it is yours in your hand.
2: So long as this sword is mine and recognizes me as its owner, that you will never
0: try to take it from me. And the rest of you, what price do you enact?
5: I think our act is is the same as everyone else's in that you would not work against us. And you would assist us. That's the least you can do, don't you think?
1: That you will help us find out why we were taken prisoner, and help us rectify the situation, fix it. So if we- this
4: is the doing of Eric, we make him pay.
1: Yeah. Help us get revenge. Yes, I think we can all agree stole to that. Yes.
0: Very well.
2: But then- I'd like to make sure that we do all agree to that. I did not hear Sorrel speak up.
6: I think that we need guidance. I don't think that naive to Amber as we have been made to be that we can be the force Corwin sees.
2: Yes, and that's the trick to Receive guidance without becoming a pawn.
6: Yes, and I can't think of any other way to
0: elicit that, so I will agree to these terms. All right. He holds your gaze, Sorrel, he says. That is a wise perspective, daughter. Very well, wielder of grace, one dear. May you hold my blade in sacred trust, and I give you my oath that you, if you should ever tarnish her, I shall come after you, and in no hell will you be able to hide. And run you will, but I will find you. And that I give you without blood. Now, take the blade... And take of my blood. It is necessary in order for you to impose this. But this Sigrun binds must... all of you, and so you must do the same.
1: Oh, we must all?
0: Sigrun will step
2: forward with the blade, and she'll extend her hand, and she'll make a cut. She'll make the cut on Corwin's hand, and she'll step aside so that everyone can join and, and, and mix their blood so that we can. Agree on this blood oath as one whole.
0: You can see the cut begins to bubble and boil. And these weird shapes, gelatinous protrusions begin to bubble up throughout the cut and above into his hands as the blood itself begins is this to. Just pour. Corwin? Or just is this always- Corwin. At the moment, because he's the only one that is cut. So Sigryn, you have the blade in front of you. It drips freshly with the blood drawn from Corwin So moving. I cut
2: my own hand to mix to that blood. Okay. And I motion for each, for yeah. all of us to come forward to receive the cut.
1: Yeah,
5: I get. I, I step up beside I, her. I step up too.
2: And, and the, I make the cut for uh, Tycho as well.
0: And I'm assuming everyone partakes, yeah. yeah? Okay. So, yes. so the blade slices in almost painlessly. And as the slice is made, you can see this golden glint that just kind of flashes as the blade's mirrored surface reflects off of you. And that slight nick that just bubbles enough blood for it to begin to flow freely. Now, Bubbling out of the wound in Corwin's hand, again, is that blood bird. But the blood bird, oddly, now assuming the size of a medium-sized or large raven, seems to have two heads all looking at you. And it's very off-putting as one of the heads sort of gazes into your eyes and the other ones. And it lets loose a... (coughs) Hugen and Munen, of thought and memory, did look into Mimir's well. Take care, daughter and sons of Amber, not to drink too deeply, lest you learn that which you cannot escape. Bound in blood means bound in doom, and many paths, one weird, shadows, cast by Amber in Twilight. And then the bird flies into the air and the blood congealing on your palms begins to actual bubble and start to grow warm and it starts to move. What do you do? Nothing? (laughs) No idea.
6: Uh, Sorrel will hold her hand out palm up to see what it's doing.
0: Okay. Sorrel, you feel that if you wanted to, and Tycho, you get a sense of this as well, that you could manipulate the blood and its shape. You feel that the blood is sort of being drawn out of you bit by bit as the magic begins pulling towards And it starts taking on this shape that begins writhing, this sort of gelatinous movement. But you feel that if you wanted to, you could influence what form the blood takes. Want to make a change?
6: I think Sorrel would try and... Influence it just to see that she could, and try and make it into a seabird instead of a raven.
0: Oh, you mean Corwin's? Uh, sorry, I wasn't talking about Corwin's. Or, or bird. like,
6: or the blood. I it's guess, your just to blood. See if she could yeah. Do the same thing.
0: Okay. And how big do you want to create the seabird?
6: Like small to medium size, not like a giant.
0: Okay, so awesome, all of you something. see this kind of weird thing happen with with Sorrel's blood, and in the same way that Carwin's bird kind of grew out of the blood from his wound, a similar thing is happening with the seabird that's happening on and Sorrel, and it's it's not quite as well defined. You know, you can see, but it's kind of merging back and forth, and it's almost like she's having difficulty kind of controlling it, Tycho. You know that you could probably do something similar. Do you want him to do a similar change? Sure. What form does your Um, blood take? I think um, the form that
5: it takes is like, I think a rat.
0: A a rat?
5: (laughs) A rat. A bunch of rats.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. So with that, The bird that is Corwin's, this two-headed raven, it flies down and to each of your extended hands where you've got the blood, and you can see the blood almost forms into a little bit of a worm shape, and they peck at the, uh, at the blood, and they kind of draw it out strand by strand out of your blood, and it swallows the blood, and it moves to the next person down the line. Astrid, it does the same thing with you. Sigrun, it does the same with you, but then it gets to The twins and the two bird heads, much larger than either the swarm of rats and the, um, you know, like the seabird. They basically kind of do a little dance in front of each other a little bit, just kind of circling uh, closely amongst each other. And then a little bit of blood attaches from the bird to the rat, which attaches to, um, you know, the seabird as well. And they all kind of conjoin in this weird melding of the blood and the whole thing just kind of disappears. And with that, there's a flash of light and the ceremony or the blood ritual is over. I do swear then that I will act never to harm you and he repeats the intent and in the words that you had spoken the idea that he would be your ally he is working towards your cause he is not working against you in any ways. Does that satisfy you?
2: Does he co- he covers off the part about not... Uh trying to take the sword while it's still fine?
0: He didn't specifically state that.
2: I think he needs to.
0: Those are two separate things, daughter of Valkyries. I guess I am in little position to negotiate. I am just telling you as a matter of fact, it is not even a threat, that You have taken that which is not rightfully yours. The sword says otherwise. So it seems to. Pattern might say otherwise. He nods his head at that. Is this sufficient? I believe it is. Then cut my bindings.
2: Sigrun will motion to... Cassandra, give her the okay to yeah, so create like the psychic him. bond to guide Sigrun's yeah, yeah. blade.
0: Yeah, and you you can blade. see this, you know, slight glow of golden chains surrounding him. And you can definitely see the energy now. And you slice one, two, three, four, and the mystical energies. Although they do have a certain amount of resistance, the pattern blade slices cleanly through them, and then he is free. He takes a big breath and sigh of relief, and he bows to you and thanks you. And with that, why don't we take a break? Okay, do we have everyone back? I think so, yeah? Duan, you're there? Yep okay so i think we're ready to get started again okay so corwin has been freed from his trump shackles yep and you stand at the center of this keep that was his prison for such a long time um he is really the 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 ritual took a lot out of him
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he is actually more a little bit He's almost a little dozy. So you definitely have a moment of respite that if you wanted to have a conversation about next steps or things like that, that he's probably not going to be that engaged unless you need him as part of the conversation. So um, what do you guys want to do?
5: Well, Corinne is, is out, maybe we should discuss our next steps. Um, as you've all said, we, none of us seem to know anything about or at least not enough about Amber. And that seems to be the first thing we should do is to figure out the lay of the land.
1: Well, I think we should I'm figure out. I'm not even who sure how to first. get there. Yeah, we don't know Other how to get there. Other than walking the pattern again. And I think we need to find out who we each are, too, because it looks like our whole lives were lies.
5: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, I've been and given some hints. So, so also feel free to to draw upon you know any of your own backstory elements or stuff that you experienced during the pattern walk. If you want to kind of talk through that as as a, as a prompt for exploring these ideas a little bit more, like this is very much. This is now where we go full campaign mode, and you know it's up to you guys. And I will listen to what you guys are going to talk about. Right.
1: Well, because I know, I'd like to. Oh, go ahead.
2: I I, Sigrun would like to know why she was kept separate from everyone, why she lived in a different seemed to live in a different realm altogether and had such a different experience. Never made it to Florimel's annual reunions before. She wants to know what that's all about.
0: Yeah, and for whatever reason, Sigrun, I mean your memories and your I mean, everything is really focused upon, you know, your growing up in that space, right? This almost like mythical kind of Viking environment. And you remember uh, the sword mother kind of training you. Now, again, if you really think upon it critically and you start to think about, you know, that life and your memories and the hunts that you went on on the fjord, the different... Voyages you took out on the Viking ships to go raid, you know, the, the following area, you realize that it almost feels pasted on. And you just, especially after have, having gone through that pattern walk and your fight with Corwin and your mother and the snowballs, that you really are now starting to question what really happened. Did you in fact even grow up there? And it's hard for you to remember. You just don't know. Reality and memory is sort of on a shaky ground right now. But everything that you know the myths and the stories and, and those things, like, they feel real to you. They have a resonance to you, right? Like, you did live through those things, and, you know, they're part of your understanding. But that's all you know.
2: I would like to Sigrun is upset by this, and she just says, I am glad I set Fenrir free. <laughs> he can destroy these lies. <laughs> I would like to know. I don't even know who to turn to for help.
4: I, I have a memory of my father, but I'm not sure that he is someone I could trust.
1: Yeah, yours is a good memory, though. Mine is a memory of my mother taking away my memories.
4: Yes, but when we were on the ship, when I was walking the pattern, I, I think my father tried to stop me. So it might have been a good memory, but... He still sent me away. like all,
1: yeah. Yes, like all of our parents did. And I'd like to know yes. why. Were they all in cahoots with Eric? Or was there some other kind of plan that we needed to be hidden away so that they, we could be used as pawns later on? That's what we need to find now,
0: out. Now, let me know if you want to pull Corwin into the conversation. Like He's resting right now. But, you know, if you want to ask him questions or whatever, you can pull him in. It's up to you
2: ready to pull them in when everyone else is.
0: Yeah,
5: I think we are pretty much at a loss of what to do, right? I mean, in the sense of, I think all we can do at this point is go in and start kicking over anthills. <laughs> I, I mean,
4: I kind of think we've agreed that we need to find someone we can talk to to understand what's
5: going on in Amber
4: now that we can trust.
5: That's the biggest problem, right? I don't yeah. think we can trust yeah. any of
4: them. That's I don't think the we can problem. trust anybody. Yeah, so that we can trust to at least tell
1: the truth. Well, I think maybe we should each go and talk to our parents or parent to see what they know, because we all had at least one parent in our memories, right? Uh, well,
2: i have sword mother. I don't know that she was a parent though, but I can
1: talk. I that. was
6: thinking perhaps we should go to Redma and to our mother because she is not an Amberite and might be not in the thick of things so much. I don't know whether or not we can trust her, but we could at least try.
1: Well, do we want to all stick together or do we want to go separate ways? Is
5: it Redma or Rem... Reb-ma.
1: Reb-ma.
6: Reb-ma. R-E-b-ma. It's am- it's Amber backwards. Yeah.
5: Okay.
0: <laughs> oh. Way, oh, yeah. Way to go, <laughs> Leah. Thank you. Bonus points for you.
1: <laughs> That's okay. why the pattern I think it is It could be
6: there. useful to go to the reflected city and see what things look like there. That could be true. Maybe backwards. We could certainly sure,
4: start do there. That. that sounds good to me. I I wouldn't even know how to find my...
0: Astrid, I'm only hoping that we can find it ourselves. <laughs> Astrid. What clues do... You get all of a sudden this kind of pulsing in your mind. Almost this repetitive tapping. Like a telephone signal ringing kind of directly into your brain. And I mean, it's not a phone calling, but it is like the psychic equivalent of that. And it is kind of, for lack of a better metaphor, politely knocking at your door or your psychic door. What do you do?
6: Sorrel is going to allow it.
0: Sorry, this is for Astrid. Not sorry. Oh,
6: sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Um,
4: Yeah, I will allow it.
0: Okay. Now, there's different ways to open. You could open the door a crack, or you could just open the door wide open.
4: Definitely Uh, a crack. I'm keeping my defenses up.
0: Okay. So, um, and you get this, it's almost kind of indistinct. It's kind of like, hello? It's it's like really, you know, you'd have to open the door a little bit wider, to kind of, you know, let it in. But um, you can... i open it halfway then. Halfway. But
4: still very cautiously.
0: Okay. So but nothing this is looking to force its way in. It is definitely sort of an open contact from afar. And it's almost like they are doing the same thing as you, right? So it's not a forceful intrusion. It is definitely, you pick up the phone. I will talk to you if... You will talk to me.
4: Hello? (laughs) Who is this?
0: So you get a sense that it is your cousin Gideon. So you lot pulled it off. I didn't know you had the collective balls to do it. Tell me, what's he like? Is he as, as arrogant as they say? What happened to you?
4: Why didn't you come
0: with us? Why, why, dear cousin, to be perfectly honest, plausible deniability, truth be told. After all, blood is thicker than water, they say, and there's always matters of succession to attend to.
4: Yes, he's as arrogant as they say.
0: So, did you do it? Did you set him free?
4: Why should I tell you?
0: Tit for tat. Maybe I have uh, something that I can reveal to you that could be of use to you or my cousins.
4: He is no longer in chains. Really? I'm waiting. What do you have for me?
0: Are you looking for something concrete? Or are you looking just for, let's say... A narrative story arc.
4: I want to know what's going on.
0: I want to know (laughs) what you played in this. (laughs) You want to know what? And I
4: want to know if you're on our side.
0: My dearest cousin, why would I ever oppose the lot of you? It's a good question. All right. My turn, then. I I will say, at least you're all predictable. I thought if anyone who was going to do it it was going to be Cousin Cassandra, but, you know, competition has always been her Achilles' heel. But predictable. Why don't we make a wager? Would you be up for this? Now, the rest of you, you can see that Astrid is kind of, you know, touching her her temple. She's clearly in some sort of psychic communication, Mm -hmm. okay? You, Cassandra, believe it to be like a Trump contact. Mm -hmm. The others, I don't think you have enough exposure to Trump to really understand what this is all about. But definitely Astrid is sort of, you know, not really moving, and she's you know, having a telepathic conversation with another force or something. So you can see that happening. And, you know, I mean, you could choose to interpose yourself. You could ask a physical question, what's going on. And it's not like Astrid, that you are not aware of your physical surroundings. Okay. Unless you want to block them off because you want to be wholly on the defensive psychically.
4: Oh, I think that I would want to... um say it's Gideon he wants to make a wager I think he's somehow behind it
0: what does he have to do with this I'm not I'm not sure but he oh are you talking to the others are are we going to make this a conference call I, I haven't done that before that would be different
4: we might as well
0: all right. Well, go for it.
4: So I will, um, I will reach out and I'll say, "Cassandra, could you help me?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Cassandra, what do you okay, do? Okay, well,
1: I link with Asperit, and then I. Try. I think
4: I, I need your help yes. to uh,
1: allow all of us. To- yeah. So I'm going to link first with Astrid, and then if everybody else lets me, I'll link them into it. All right. So we just got like a circle of front doors with yeah. like heads. Yeah, out. that's <laughs> right. Your little head's kind of, <laughs> of peeking
0: out. Okay. And, and then you can clearly see on the other end of this kind of, you know, psychic telephone line type of thing. You can see Gideon. And you get the psychic impression and you can actually see what would be the projection of his form. And he's kind of smirking at all of you. And he kind of says, and you get the sense that Cassandra in this moment, he's talking to you. He's kind of saying, huh, I didn't think it was going to go that way. And he then returns to all you guys trust her with all of this. You are, you are, Naive.
1: I am going to try and pull him through the trunk.
0: Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, very nice. That sounds like Cassandra. (laughs) Okay, so Cassandra, you're going to try to pull him through. Okay, he instantly puts down a block of energy okay and he's blocking that and basically you know like the door now gets reinforced with steel around the side and these bars kind of come out now it's not fully- Sandra
4: we need his help stop
1: it <laughs>
0: And like, you know, the door is starting to shut, and the door is starting to lock, and you can hear the chains being slid. Gideon,
1: if you want to be part of our group, you need to let us through.
0: Not on those terms, Cassandra. Get out of my fucking head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I try to, can I try to drop
4: Cassandra's,
0: can I like rescind my consent and try to drop the help? I'm afraid of losing Gideon. She is connected to you, so you would have to basically, (sighs) you can try. How do you? How do you do it? How do you drop the uh, line?
4: uh, I uh, just imagine all that uh, aikido training from when I was a kid, and I even visualize um, younger Astrid, and I kick her in the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so (laughs) the the psychic equivalent of like yeah, the psychic equivalent of a martial arts kick. Okay, and so actually, you can through the psychic connection, uh, Cassandra. You can totally see that she's telegraphing this, right? Right. And so, so she's I duck being, out of the way and I push her back. Okay, but now as you do that, <laughs> like the bolt, another bolt on Gideon, kind of you know flows away, and then and then
1: I push against Gideon really hard using everybody's psychic energy that I can.
0: Okay, now, guys, what happens now is that, okay, uh, so um, Astrid, you managed to kind of get this kick in, but clearly it was not uh, effectual at really penetrating her defenses. It is analogous, again, to you striking and someone blocking, and in fact, they blocked you pretty hard that it actually hurts you. Okay. okay. Um, but in that moment, then you the rest of you start to feel Cassandra's powerful mind start to pull on your psychic connections and almost like vampirically start to suck your psychic energy towards you. What do you do? God, I love this. <laughs> uh let's so, go, let's go I'm in order.
6: Like get out of the call.
0: <laughs> Sigrind, what do you do? Um
2: I don't really feel like I'm much involved in this.
0: Um, do you allow her to uh, to use your psychic essence?
2: Do I allow Cassandra to use my psychic essence?
0: Yes.
1: Um, I'm just trying to open the door. And yeah, that's I that, think that, I do
0: that in this th- case. thats I I communicating yeah. And okay. I
2: recall—I recall also that Astrid has uh, opposed me uh, earlier.
0: okay so that door flows open and uh you have like freely her again you're not really using or 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 invading her mind it's more using it as a a sense of energy okay so that's kind of pulled through and you have that and with that your force against um Uh, Gideon's door (laughs) like one of the chains just snaps okay and like you can see and you can feel him he's trying to slam the window shut and all this sort of thing okay next up is Sorrel you said you wanted to get out of this I think but let me know what you're doing
6: yes I think she feels uncomfortable being used for something like this even if it is probably for the benefit of the group so she rescinds her energy
0: Okay, um, and so um, you can feel Sorrel begin to shut that off. And again, if you want the energy, it's going to take effort. You might be able to bring it back, but there's now, if they're not, you just don't take it. Don't okay, take Sorrel, you're out. Okay. okay. Uh, Astrid. Do you want to attack again? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is Astrid. Okay. It, okay. Okay. Um,
4: uh, Tycho hasn't gone. Does Tycho
0: need to go first? No, Tycho goes after you.
4: Okay. Um, this time Tycho I'm, is last. I'm afraid of losing Gideon's contact.
0: Okay. Uh,
4: so I, uh, again, like just kind of look at, well, I guess I can actually look at Cassandra.
0: You can, absolutely. And I'll
4: use my power word and I'll say, chill out.
0: <laughs> okay. So, and with that, like you feel like that for, for a second... Like you still have a hold of it, and she's basically like you, she's trying to get you to change course or, or direction, so it's not quite as forceful. You lose a temporary link to uh, you know Astrid's energy as well, but you can feel that it's going to come back and it's going to resurge in just a couple of seconds. I just wait. Then. Okay, so you wait. So Astrid, you have not lost the connection; it is still there, but she's not actively fully, uh, pulling on you. Tyco, your sister is out of the connection, out of the conference call. What do you do?
5: Um, I'm going to allow um, Cassandra to use me at this point.
0: Okay, and then as that you feel the energies, and and it is actually psychically painful. Well, let, let me see. How are you pulling on it? Is it is it is it's it not?
1: A, it's just a. Like, if they're willingly give it's kind of like a request for okay. the energy, just so I can get an extra push okay. on getting Okay, all it. right.
0: So it's a little bit more consensual, Yes. right? So with that energy kind of lent forward, like it's the psychic tendrils of, of the power of your mind basically rip into the door and tear the whole thing open, and you basically have... Um, uh, um uh, Gideon, in your psychic grasp, and he is fighting for dear life. Now his psychic form is basically holding on to the 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 the, the doorway, if you will, and he's yes. just fighting to be pulled in your direction. But you're going to have him as long as this continues. Okay,
1: so using everybody's energy that they've willingly given me, I grab, try to grab him, and pull
0: him. and he's like, "Damn you!" <laughs> okay, and, and he stumbles in front, and all of you see his physical form appear.
1: This will be a much better conversation.
0: And he picks himself up. You know how these things are supposed to work, right? It's a long-distance call. We have a conversation, you know, over, you know, like a little telephone kind of device. We don't have to be. Why waste your energy, Cassandra? You always do this. This is ridiculous. Anyways, whatever. Oh, Uncle Corwin, huh? how are you? Hi. You you probably never met me before, but you know my uh, my daddy. <laughs> uh, this hope you're okay, is my cousin Gideon. All right, ladies and gents. <laughs> You manage to get out of the trap. As usual, you just force your way through, and you like violate minds and things like that. Do you think that I wanted to be called over here? This is ridiculous. Cassandra. You're the one who called us. I called Astrid.
1: You, uh, you said it was okay for all of us to join.
0: Yeah, you invited the
2: conference call. You thought it would be a neat idea. Yeah.
0: And so- sorry. Who are you?
4: Oh, sorry. I'm.
2: I'm Sigrun <laughs> you don't know me but I don't know who I am either so it's all good <laughs> and
4: actually I I'm curious about this because I didn't tell Gideon that Sigrun had a sword because I wanted to keep that a secret so I guess now
0: he can see yeah a, um
2: Sigrun would have um sheathed the sword in the space between we've okay. had some time she's not going to walk around with it in her hand She
0: have it at her hip or something. Sigrin, you're the only person who notices this. You can see that Gideon's eyes are drawn to the blade that is sheathed at, uh, on your side. And you see that there is a slight reaction from him that he clamps down immediately as to not reveal it to the others. Well then, and he bows. I am Gideon. So, cousins, uh, I guess we find ourselves in this lovely establishment. Where exactly are we?
4: Corwin's prison.
0: Oh. Interesting.
1: So you wanted to do a wager?
0: Well... I was going to civilly offer to Cousin Astrid here an opportunity to gain one of my material prize possessions. And he kind of thumbs in front of him. He opens up and he fans out like a master, um, what are those guys who deal cards, card dealer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. And he flips <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. People, people will do a they a car dealer. Uh, one of those guys. Right. And, and, you know, he masterfully maneuvers it in its hands and all of you, because you are attuned to kind of, you know, uh, uh, things of power, you recognize this as being a Trump deck. Okay. Now, all of you to a certain extent, Uh, with the exception of maybe Sigrun, remember Aunt Flora working in her studio with this type of paintwork. And it always seemed something, you know, like the ability for her to recreate artistic impressions of either people or places. It was always incredible. But now that you see that, you know, the paintings are actually kind of linked, but creates the link between image and reality. Mm-hmm. That's what really the Trumps are, and that's what he seems to be thumbing in front. So, he says... What are you going to offer, cousin? I, I was getting to it. Don't, don't you appreciate the opportunity for dramatic pauses, cousin? I was going to why offer you a reading. And in exchange... You can get one of these little cards. It just kind of depends.
4: Now... A reading? You give me a reading, and then you give me a card?
0: Well, the reading is really your reading, so you're receiving that from me. And then, as a favor, I would give you one of these, my cards. Now, you you must recognize that the complete value of each and every one of these And for me to freely give that of my own volition to one of you, surely, that is more than a sufficient peace offering. Yes?
4: This seems like I'm getting all the benefit and you're getting
0: nothing. That's where you're wrong. I get the information. And as they say, information is power. Will you let me
1: choose which card I take? Of course. But what information are you hoping to gain? So I look at everybody and uh, take a deep breath. I'll
0: accept your wager. My dear Cassandra, I would have thought of all of you that you would understand Probe the deep nature of the universe, cast a divination to the winds, read the bones, as they say. Aren't you at all curious? What the oracle says? And he begins shuffling his cards.
1: Well Astrid
0: already agreed. Anyone so we'll else sure. care to wager? I do what? I do. What are you willing to wager?
1: Well, I thought we'd get the same deal.
0: No, that's between me. Let's say this. If you're
1: just looking for information, isn't that what you're getting from the cards?
0: The card deal? Okay. Yeah, I think
2: I missed something there. (laughs) I think you cut out for a bit.
0: Sorry, sorry. Okay, so let let me repeat. I I was kind of thinking. I was like, what do I say? (laughs) Um... He he ponders this a little, and he does say, this presents a unique opportunity. So, for each card that I give, I get the opportunity to paint you.
1: You want to paint me?
0: Well, not you specifically, dear cousin.
1: But all of us.
0: No, not a group photo. An individual portrait, shall that's we say. Mean. Yes.
1: Are you going to make it a trump card?
0: If that's what you wish to call it. I call it an expression in art.
1: But you can use it to contact us.
0: Well, I first would be looking into your deepest essence to render it onto a stable permanent medium but yes I could use it to contact you a greater arcana
4: Cassandra you owe him
1: (laughs) what's that? I owe him what?
4: (laughs) you owe him a contact
1: card (laughs) if he wants my contact card I already pulled him through once (laughs) so (laughs) I wouldn't want my contact card
0: (laughs) do we have a deal? I mean, Cousin Astrid and I, we have a very civil, you know, relationship and, you know, there's nothing really adversarial, adversarial about our interactions. So, you know, I give her a reading. I give her a card. I get some information. But for the rest of you, if you're really that invested, I'm going to need a painting. Fine with that. Anyone no, else? What? Cassandra
5: is the one that I believe knows the most about Trump. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Uh, Alain was the real expert. Alain would go on and on about these kind of arts. I
1: apparently got some extra points in Trump artistry.
5: (laughs) So I turn to Cassandra and I say, what else can we do with besides just contacting us? Is there more to it than that?
0: So what you know... Is that the Trumps establish a contact between the subject that is being painted and reality. That it captures the essence of that individual inside that act of primeval creation. Right. Primarily,
5: like all sorts of things
0: I don't want. To <laughs> now, now this is the thing, Cassandra. You don't really understand Trump at all.
1: But would I know that somebody could use it to spy on me?
0: You think that it could be used for that purpose?
1: But is my psyche high enough that I would be able to detect that?
0: You may or may not be able to. Okay. Now, do you explain that to Tycho? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See how she had to think about that? <clears throat> <I know. laughs> all right, so Tycho, are you in? Well, I don't like
5: the sound of this at all.
0: It, this, you right? know, this is nothing off of my back, cousin. If you don't oh. want your portrait done, then you all you have to do is opt out. But really, what... Like what it- we what do you have a lot of
5: power and, and we're not getting much in return?
1: So I agree. Much.
0: But you're getting a reading, my dear cousin. And what
1: good is the reading? Which And we, we get to choose the card we get, right?
0: Is, is that all this is to you? You just want the material goods? You just want the card?
2: Can we see the cards? No, we want the you? truth. We, yeah, want we want to know who we are. We yeah. want to know what's what's going on here. We need answers.
0: Well, then, we need- isn't this the perfect opportunity? a casting of the fates shall we i think sorrel is going
6: to take him up on
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's two any so other
2: Sigurd will say to him uh, perhaps there's other information that could be exchanged instead of uh, instead of a um, doing a portrait of me i can perhaps answer a question that i'm sure you have
0: but you cut such a lovely figure i and i you know a valkyrie i don't think i've encountered your kind before it would be I've most i've cut
2: many lovely figures thank you very much
0: so noted
2: so why don't i just answer the question that i know that you're de- you're burning to ask Uh, And uh, that will be my price for the exchange.
0: He thinks. No, I don't think that's a commensurate trade. It has to be quid pro quo. I mean, how do I first, I mean, all your information is hearsay and guesswork. So how do I know that it is of even a value to me, especially when I don't even know you? These others, oh, well, I could at least trust their base instincts. But you?
2: You just said it yourself. You don't even know me. You have a lot to learn. It is in your best interest to do the readings that you can learn of me yourself.
0: You presume that I care.
2: Oh, I think you should. You know you should. Astrid rolls
4: her eyes. (laughs) Hmm.
0: You know, cousin, you actually tempt me more than you would believe. Well, then. Well... Let's. Uh, you you offer. have a a, a uh, an, an object of considerable value strapped to your lovely belt. What about that? You know, it's just
2: a thing.
3: <laughs>
2: I think you have just confirmed for all that you do not barter in a fair manner. All the more reason to settle while you can.
0: My offer stands.
2: And what is in this reading for me?
0: I don't know. Whatever it is that you get out of a reading, my dear,
2: I just question the uh, the long term value over uh, over a, a, a trump that uh, uh, that, uh, that that may persist.
0: That's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I make the offer only once. It was interesting, but no, thank Fine, you. I
2: will. Th- I will take it. I will take it, Gideon. That's Mark my three. Words. Mark my words.
0: I do not trust you. And I, you know, cousin, I would have nothing else. Like, uh, truer words were never spoken. So We
1: don't trust you. Okay, and, and it's our, the, the time
0: out. Who, who is all? Okay, so Cassandra, you're getting your yes. portrait. And so it's Tycho who is not allowing it. Anybody else yeah. not allowing it. I think everyone else is... Okay, to do that's that fine. Think. So he begins to shuffle the cards. Am I up first? Well, you're really all part of this, and I think... Why don't we have you draw them, dear cousin? That adds a little extra something to this. Please. It's
4: and true that uh, the energies will guide us to the cards that we
0: most. He kind of rolls his eyes at that.
2: Oh well, Sigrun will actually um, invoke her power word. Sinaranger um, for
0: a boost of luck as we do this. Okay. Now.
1: So is only as is he doing one reading for all of us? You're
0: not sure. You're going to have to talk to him more, but he's starting his reading.
1: Just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just doing one reading for all of us, or are we getting individual
0: readings? You are each. Well, you, you think this is a one-to-many kind of deal? No, absolutely not. So we
1: each get our own reading.
0: The bargain is I am doing... Well, I, I should determine what casting I should do, and I was thinking, what do you think about the grand battement? The
1: grand battement?
0: Yes, the The spread. I mean we could do the Celtic Cross, we could do like a three-way, but you know, I think because there's so many of you, I think we at least need multiple lines.
1: I think we need individual. I think you should use runes. I think Cassandra we should use individual we don't understand not the way reading. cards work.
2: Sigrun doesn't. She's she's more into runes. The message
1: why suddenly it will is it speak just to one it will speak to who it needs line? to
4: speak to in terms that they can understand do not be overly concerned we need information
0: we're getting some information and it's not like I i'm casting some you... sort of enchantment over you do you honestly think that i have that within my modest yes. capabilities yes i do Cassandra,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i recommend to you
4: that you spend some time meditating be open to the message that the cards give you because right now i'm sensing a lot of closure
0: listen to her cousin i think she speaks from experience
1: i think she's too accepting i really wish we could play (laughs) face to
0: face I, I would love to see all of your faces in reaction. She is too uh, trusting. You don't understand. Like, it hurts me my so My
1: agreement was for a personal reading. I will not accept a group reading.
0: Uh, well then I'm afraid we are going to have to nullify our terms of contract, my dear.
1: That is not what we agreed to. Well, that's I expect fine. you to hold the agreement we have.
0: Cassandra, do you have a nickname? Do, uh, or is it always just Cassandra?
1: For you, it is Cassandra.
0: Okay, clearly. <laughs> well then, cousin. That's your choice. I hold the cards. I do the reading. If you wish to prognosticate and provide the divination, be my guest. I'm sure with your prodigious talents... If you
1: want my information, you are
0: going to no, have to follow No, 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 please advice. understand. I would love to take your portrait, but if you are not a willing participant in this exchange, there's no skin off of my back. I, yeah,
2: I, I have to uh, agree with Cassandra here uh, that this arrangement is not quite as described.
0: Well, I believe we're back down to three then. Three? Anyone going down? Want to renege?
1: I think you should renege on your deal because you've you already are the one, broken it.
0: You're the one who brought me here.
1: You broke your own deal. Mm. Well, clearly not to be trusted.
2: Uh, and, and he was trying to uh, negotiate in poor faith as well. I do not I trust him. I agree. That's two of us. I don't think this is the contact that we're looking for.
4: You
0: have, have me chosen. at a disadvantage. I mean, look, there are yes, five. Yes, we
1: can leave
2: you here.
0: Very well.
4: I regret ever opening up this conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Well, Sorrel. You, you need not
2: apologize for him, uh, Astrid. He is—he is himself, and he—he's dug his own grave here. <laughs> If he were uh, but an honest dealer, then then we would all be fine, wouldn't we?
0: My lady Sigrund, have you ever known an honest dealer? Perhaps they cast different cards where you come from.
2: They have honor where I come from.
0: Ah. How quaint.
2: Clearly it's not a real place.
0: (laughs) Clearly. Well, Cousin Astrid, Cousin Sorrel... I know that you at least are curious and, uh, you know, wish to partake in this particular divination. Shall, shall we continue, perhaps in a place of privacy?
1: Yes, there's an empty room this way.
0: Very well. Cousin Cassandra, come in.
1: Only if I get an individual reading.
0: Oh, no, there's no such thing.
1: That is what they read Well, on. then
0: I'm afraid you'll we'll have to step aside then. Very well, we are going. Please sh- show the way
1: I can force you to do it, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I ask you something because? because i am I'm quite curious. Ev- in all my experience with our cousin Cassandra, she always has this assumption that... She can bully her way and make everyone do what it is that she wants. No attempts at persuasion or charm. Just the bull in the china shop running around. Is this your experience with her? Uh, I'm curious, um cousin... If I si- hadn't done persuasion already, I wouldn't have told
1: you that I could make you do it. But You, you refuse to be persuaded, so... The other results. No, debate.
0: I believe that it is not, you have not given me the appropriate incentive. Your arguments are not of commensurate value. So, why should I, an um, honest. I
1: afraid that your argument is not of commensurate value. I am giving you everything and you are giving me nothing. So, I argue the opposite. So, I am asking for a personal reading. Otherwise, nobody will be getting a reading.
0: Oh, you see how she dictates terms to the rest of the group? That's quite interesting.
4: Cassandra, that is not
1: your choice to make. He is not to be trusted, Astrid. He is going to get some information and use it against us. That doesn't mean we can't learn something from him. I don't think we can trust anything he says.
0: You will have full capacity to observe. To no, you
1: just said you were going to go to a private place.
0: Well, if you come and you are part of this particular compact, you will have full access. But if you don't wish to participate. That is your prerogative.
1: No, I wish to I participate I think perhaps
2: all we room. need here is just something a little more in return. I, I think that uh, getting a card is, is, is lovely, but I think that you're getting an image from us is of far greater value. Than do getting you
0: getting even know card. what this card is and what these cards can do, no, cousin? Can you
2: show us? All I know is that I don't trust you and that this deal, this bargain is uh, stacked in your favor and I would like to see it evened out before we... Engage.
0: And may I ask, who is it that holds the cards?
1: Well, you do for now. Yes, for now.
0: Precisely.
1: <laughs> for now.
4: Look, I will tell you what the reading said. I will...
1: That's not if the you point. you don't want to
4: take part of the bargain, I will share the... We have a shared quest. have a blood oath to the quest.
0: Cousin Tycho... How about a male yeah. perspective? I mean, surrounded here, I can feel the hormonal energies kind of converging upon me, and and just kind of, you know, just influencing to the extent that I, alone, male in this room full of women, uh, how can I possibly be objective? Surely Michael you have a position.
5: His arms across his- his chest and says an appeal to chauvinism is not going to win me to your side. <laughs> I already don't trust you. Uh, the whole point of this, this conversation was for you to call, call um, uh, Astrid to gloat at, uh, at us falling into a trap. And now you want us to give up a, a portion of power to you without any real knowledge of what that entails."
0: Is it my fault that you are not studied in these arts? You had ample Possibly opportunity on is. your own. Possibly. Oh, you it is. ascribe too much to me, cousin. I am flattered by your overestimate of my capacity.
6: We don't.
2: Truly you know, know we could always you. just send him somewhere else. <laughs> look, look. If you
4: all don't want to take the wager, that's fine. He gets nothing.
2: You get nothing.
4: But my wager with Gideon. Is for a reading for a card. That is a good wager. I am going to take it. None of you should be able to tell me what I can and cannot do.
0: As always, my cousin speaks with such eloquence and reason.
1: You know he cannot be trusted. Anything he tells you is probably alive.
0: But these are the, the cards. cards are yes! You Do you dead. see how we speak almost as if of one mind? it's it
3: so
2: odd line. to me. It's so odd to me, Astrid, that now we should not interfere with what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I mean,
4: I'm afraid you're I don't you. understand your meaning. <laughs>
0: Cousin Sorrel, (laughs) You, you have been uncharacteristically quiet in all of this exchange, and I know that you lean towards what Cousin Astrid hopes to have revealed. What cards do you have up your sleeve? Sorrel, you there? So, yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh, sorrow! (laughs) I'm not
6: interested in the cards themselves. I'm interested in what they had to say. We are working at such a deficit that any source of information, even one so inherently untrustworthy, is something. And Gideon knows quite a lot. Oh, so no. we assume? Well, Even Corwin suggested as much. He has to know something. They have gotten this. Point. I am they even
1: but tease us like
0: this. I am but the vehicle of oracular exposition.
1: How do you know that he's going to tell the truth?
0: You like that one, How do you know that
1: Gideon is going to tell the truth about the interpretation of the cards? Do you know how to interpret the cards?
3: Ah. This
4: deck,
1: I will confess, I am unfamiliar with.
4: but tarot cards, I'm very familiar with.
6: Yes, but these are not and regular a tarot cards. And reading is always
4: a collaboration between the teller and the receiver. Exactly. I trust myself enough yes, to it, be able to
0: Wiser words could not have been spoken.
4: When I am being manipulated. Now I realize that there is something that he probably needs very desperately from this reading, otherwise he would make a wager. But the oh, I chance think for needs- a trump
2: card, I think, is worth it. I think he's very desperate, actually.
0: But he's. he's I love how you, you speak of me in the third person, even though I'm right <laughs> here. <laughs>
2: And Gideon, I feel you are very desperate, and I think that it's just that you're assuming that we are more desperate. Wow! Than you.
0: But First, I, I, I
2: but find you that you do not have to take the wager.
0: First name basis, Sigrund, I am. I am. I am honored.
2: See, you can't even say my name right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's an alpha thing, okay?
2: <laughs> I don't know about this. I, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, uh, there there's must be a way that we can uh, resolve this and make it into a fair wager.
4: Gideon, but I'm, you, I'm,
2: I'm you very disappointed. You don't have disappointed to the that, wager. Like, I, am disappointed. I don't understand what's not fair about his wager with me when you are so, not party to it. So Sigrun is referring to her own wager with Gideon that is currently non-existent because the offer that uh, he has made to her is not sufficient. Uh, and she doesn't
1: understand why he is so unwilling to touch. Exactly why? Why must you have a group reading when you originally said it was an individual reading?
0: Well, why the To be fair, before you so conveniently pulled me into this group conversation,
1: which you agreed to, by the way.
0: Well, I all I wanted to do is to say hi, simple courtesy, a little, you know. Checking in on my cousins for their well-being. I wasn't expected to be pulled halfway across oh, the yes, universe. The
1: fact that you know knew where to find us, and that what we were doing tells me that you were behind it, or at least a party to what what happened. To us. That's right. That's right.
0: He makes it a big probably... big scene of blinking his eyes with mock uh, <laughs> innocence.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not fooling okay. me, Gideon. So that. The Next
2: question is why,
0: so who and, are and if we working give him these for?
2: cards, he will have the ability to call us at yes. his beck and call. So, who are he, he is working likely for? the one who is who has uh, had a hand in freeing us?
0: Yes, wait, wait, I, I, I've never been in this, you know, surrounded by beautiful women all asking me, stop this-
6: it, Gideon. <laughs> so, now we're beautiful and not like hormonally overbearing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He, and
2: I love, by the way, how Tycho sidestepped that. So. Yeah, that was I'm great. Like, and, and, and
0: he looks to Tycho and he says, Brother, <laughs> help me out here.
5: No, we're brothers, are we?
0: <laughs> well, we're all in it in a fraternity of, uh, shall we say, compatriots.
2: Well, you know? I feel you're losing ground. Yes.
5: <laughs> I never had any interest in taking this offer, but I'm not going to stand in the way of.
0: Others, you decide other. So courageous of you to stand up for your convictions and beliefs. I admire that in a man.
1: (laughs) Now stop with your flattery. We want a proper deal.
0: (sighs) My dear. Unless you wish to pull it out and extract it from my scrambled brains after you force your way into my psyche and rip out the innards, I'm afraid that you will have to go with what it is I offer.
1: You have not offered what you have offered. You have gone against your own deal.
0: Your interpretation.
1: Uh, It's not just mine. Mine. did it too.
0: Well, Sigrin, I, Sigrin is new to this whole business. Do you think that she truly understands? Sorry, are
2: you calling me stupid?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
2: because I'm a Valkyrie does not mean that I am stupid. You made one <laughs> offer, and then Wait, you wait, wait. Time
0: out. When did I, stupid. Alpha, say that she was stupid?
1: <laughs> you just insinuated <laughs> oh,
0: it. Okay, okay, okay. As, as long as it's an in, in, insinuation. Okay, okay. I, I just. Because I don't remember saying that. Alpha did, didn't remember. Okay, anyways. Okay. No, I'm referring to Gideon. <clears throat> Um, my, my dearest Valkyrie, let us say from your garb, your attire, the deadly blade that you uh, bear uh, attached to your your hip, um, you are a warrior. And let's say that warriors have certain proclivities and orientations that generally fall short of let let us say intellectual pursuits and achievements.
1: Huh. Well, I can tell you Gideon, You need to know more about, about me than you know Yes
0: Well that's exactly why you should be part of my reading
2: She is No much this stronger is exactly why you should deal Fairly and honestly with us
4: yeah. You wouldn't even know You had the sword if Cassandra Didn't bring him here
0: <laughs> Astrid Please Can you rescue me from this Situation Sorrel, I know you are curious about the reading, and by all means, you could convey that information to them. And you get a lovely portrait done. Now, We're shall we? we
4: wasting time. Let's proceed.
0: All right. He begins walking in the direction that you would lead to, but it's up to you guys how this goes down. I love this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Information is free to, to be shared, and if Astrid has said that she's willing to share it, then I think that we can all attend.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah. If it's going to be shared, we can all observe. So you can do it right
0: here. Very well. It is well. fine with me. But understand that you will not be extracting the cards that that's is fine. for me and my subjects only
1: that's fine because i'm not participating in Your a person subjects. who does not who does not honor his own deals
0: artistic subject my dear if you weren't so busy doing bench uh, press and calisthenics you might understand the artistic illusion
2: i understand what? you
3: perfectly <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well then, let us get down to business, as they say. (laughs) Well then, Cassandra, the Grand Batement, are you in agreement?
1: I'm not part of this deal, so
0: don't talk to me. Oh, sorry. Oh, don't talk to you. Oh, interesting. Talk to
1: your two subjects. (laughs) My
0: subjects. Very well. Well then, yes, I do believe (laughs) the Grand Batement will be... That's
2: okay, Astrid. This is par for the course. He offers you a deal, and then he goes to execute it with Cassandra.
4: Uh, why does this feel like my life story? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the
0: the first card. Who well. shall be the one to uh, pull? He he kind of shuffles the deck in front of you and he kind of, you know, and you can see each of the cards are, are, are perfectly aligned and like he spreads them all, um, you know, from his deck. And, uh, you know, if you will. Cousin Sorrel or Cousin Astrid? It is each of yours. We will do the foundation build.
4: I'll go first. Close my eyes. I reach, you know, I take a few centering breaths and I reach for a card and pull it.
0: Okay. Place it. Please, here. Done. Ah. Okay. The King of Swords. Mm -hmm. The Warlord reversed. Discipline, power, and insight, but when reversed, tyranny. Well, that one's not hard to guess. (laughs) Next, Cousin?
4: That would be near sorrow.
0: Either. I would prefer that it sort of alternates between sort of psychic, you know, imprints and impressions. But if you wish to stack the reading, well, that's not my place to tell you what to do.
4: In the spirit of collaboration, I will invite Sorrel to draw the next card. Thank and, he, you. and I reach out to
6: take
0: card. And then place down. And oh interesting. The hanged man suspended yes. from a tree in order to gain knowledge. And you see on the card, it is a card, and you recognize. The, 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 the imprint or the individual. It's Lord Oberon. Lord Oberon is your grandfather. He is ostensibly the King of Amber, and he hangs upside down from the great tree Yggdrasil, and his one eye, empty, bears into a dark well from which rise chaotic, dark tentacles from below, and his ruby eye in the other glints and looks deep into the well, Mm. seeking knowledge at the very core from Our Majesty the Lord Oberon, who, of course, is nowhere to be found. Next... Alright gesture
4: for Astrid to take the next card. Okay. Astrid does and lays it
0: in its birthplace place. Mm, you would think that this one would apply to Cassandra. But you know, who am I to guess? The Hermit. Oh. Isolation on its face. Rogery, corruption and treason. This that more
1: like is you, not me.
0: If you will, cousin. That's one interpretation. Wow. This is, this My is. My reading. Let's focus.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is heady stuff. Oh, now we move into the center cycle of the Batmall. Let us now build the, uh, crenellations, shall we? Cousin Sorrel. So- oh, or, or whomever. I, I do think that this is cousin Sorrel's Sorrel, card. Please as well. You take the card and it is the two of cups which represents duality two minds and hearts together in one but the cups are slightly overflowing and it looks like they could tip and you know spill over and you see that the cards have both you and your brother and he says look It's the twins!
6: (laughs) I glance over at Tycho
0: and then at the card
6: again and kind of frown.
0: And and he kind of says, Tycho, I, I mean, it's not too late if you want to be part of the deal. Next. You go ahead. Astrid.
4: Astrid reaches for a card. Takes it from the far end that she, you know, took from last time. Pulls it out. Plays it in place.
0: Okay. As you start to pull the card, you get almost a warming effect, a tingling effect that actually starts to flow through the card and into you. Do you still want to pull this card?
4: Yes, I trust the
0: energies that led into this card. And he whistles the tower. Now, all of you have some dealing with tarot and these type of kind of, you know, fortune-telling type of things. The tower typically is the sign of unforeseen catastrophe. And you see that the tower looks exactly like this place. This place in time and in shadow that you've actually arrived to, Corwin's prison. And Gideon says... Hmm. Calamity. Disgrace, Deception, and Ruin. This just gets juicier and juicier. Yeah, we're
1: looking at the person causing
0: that. Next. The next card is pull. Is the two of coins reversed? Oh, Cousin. Why I never would have thought. Astrid, you see yourself on these cards, and you are doing sort of a martial arts kind of Tai Chi balancing pose, but You are on the edge of imbalance, almost as if a sudden shift in equilibrium could tip the scales and everything comes tumbling down. And the next card, the Queen of Swords, the Widow, independence, power and intelligence. But when reversed, isolation and cruelty. Look, cousin, it's you. And and he looks at Cassandra. Whatever.
4: It was, it, was it laid down reverse was that laid down upright or reverse um
0: it is he puts it in a in in a in a neutral position where it's not turned up or down he has it placed you know kind of neutrally
1: so horizontally hor- hor-
0: horizontally correct you're not sure why he di- did that he didn't do it for any other card.
4: Yes, it is not the proper way, but I will
2: let it
0: slide because okay. it's been doing the reading. Cousin Sigrund? Or am I saying this right? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Sigrun. Sigrun. Well, Sigrun. Would you would you like to draw the card? I, I mean all, you know, bets are in if, if you wish to. I, I'm sure this is going to relate. I'll draw a card. You're gonna draw it?
2: Well, I didn't. I didn't agree to anything, but I will draw a card if you are offering. He
0: puts his hand over and says, "Of course, if I if you draw, then I draw. Deal. I deal. Very well. Please pull the card.
2: I reach randomly towards the middle of the uh, the fanned out spread and draw a card.
0: One of the cards has a coldness to it in relation to all of the others. I'll draw that card. It is the moon, reversed. And you see on it, below, a howling giant wolf whose form, relative to the landscape of frosty, snowy mountains, is gargantuan. Oh! Darkness, deception, occult forces, and he points to the picture of a female warrior with the blade shining uh, that's held up in the air. And most importantly, the moon, reversed, is Error. Interesting. Two more cards. Any takers? Error. I believe that's Sorrel's turn to draw. Very well, Sorrel. This will be a biggie.
1: He keeps looking at me, so it's probably supposed to be her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she pulls the card, <laughs> and he yeah. his eyes actually kind of grow a little bit uh, wider. And he pull and he speaks of the card of judgment, and the judgment has on its face kind of an angelic figure. That's blowing a horn and rising up from crypts and walking along a road is like waves and waves of basically undead or the dead rising from the graves. And he kind of looks at all of you and he kind of says, well, that should be interesting. And then lastly, Sorry, what
4: was that card again? I, I judgment. Really up for a second.
0: Judgment. Okay. Judgment. judgment. I will draw... Space. And in fact, after this, guys, I'll send you all the, the text, okay? That okay. way you can oh, kind of great. read it. Okay. <laughs> and then lastly, Cousin Sorrel. No, no, sorry. It, it's Astrid no, who's doing yep, the last part. Astrid's poll. turn. Okay. The Wheel of Fortune. <sighs> the Wheel of Fortune represents a change in station, position, or fortune, such as the rich becoming poor or the poor becoming rich. It is a card about a reversal... Or the change from the status quo. And then he puts the cards down. Well, that is revealing.
4: There's much for us to think on here, yes.
0: Now, I believe Astrid and Cousin Sorrel, you owe me portraits, but we can do that in due time. And I owe you one of these cards. So please, which of these do you wish to take? We're choosing from the ones that you've laid out? Of course. What others would have any meaning or significance? Now, with very few exceptions, right? Uh, The the most notable ones being Judgment, which did not show Mm -hmm. any of you on the on the face cards and uh the one of the tower. Almost all of the other ones with the exception of, of the one about Lord Oberon had a, a depiction of yourselves on it, right? Whether it was the Which card. One had me on? Uh the one for you was the was the Queen of Hearts. Queen of Swords. Uh, Queen, Queen, Queen of Queen of Swords. Queen of Swords what? is the widow, signifying independence power and intelligence but when reversed isolation and cruelty and he laid it horizontally i'm
4: looking in between mostly the tower
0: because i strong station when i drew it, yeah so the wheel of fortune ah okay so uh what you do know the tower other than being a major arcana in a card that seemed to have personal meaning or, or significance to you, you also know that it represents this place. So yeah. if these are truly Trump cards, and you're not by any means a Trump expert, you can use the Trump to open mm-hmm. a gateway to this place. So that is one use of it. The Wheel of Fortune does not display a specific individual place. It is more a divination card that has variable interpretations. So it's not something that you can use other than the fact that it is a trump card. And what you do know is that the trump cards have power inherent in them. So for example, um, when you fought that um, construct outside, it was imbued with trump energy. And you were able to kind of, you know, you weren't able to do damage to it because it, do, it does have, you know, uh, this, this sort of energetic projection that prevents it from being destroyed. So although the Wheel of Fortune doesn't reflect an actual major arcana trump that you can use to go to a place it's still a trump card and it represents an artifact of power. However, all of the other ones, like for example, the Queen of Swords and the Moon and, and all of those, those would actually give you a connection potentially to the individuals who are the subjects in the drawing.
4: Do we recognize the Hermit as the one?
0: Or did I, should I say, did I recognize being
3: anyone?
0: So the Hermit, you don't... The, 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 the card seems to be like you see a hermit-like individual, right? But there's a draping across the face and like a hood. And basically, it's this kind of gaunt figure that is just kind of walking amidst this bleak wilderness. You don't see that it can be identified with any specific individual. Or rather, whomever that represents the card, you don't know who or what it is. I'm going to take Tower. Okay. Done. Huh. I thought you were going to pick the moon, of course, but, you know, who am I to guess at these things? I guess I <laughs> just...
2: You just wanted her to pick the moon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Shall I see to our uncle? Doesn't
1: Sorrel get to
0: choose? Oh, of course. Sorrel. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was that was Alpha's mistake, not, not not Gideon's mistake. Cousin Sorrel, you may have your pick.
6: Sorrel is looking over three cards. Uh the Two of Cups, which was hers and Tycho's. Correct. Also uh Hermit and Hanged Man. Okay. Something about the hangman mm. and it being
0: Oberon, Oberon. it speaks to oh, her, especially
6: right. with her recent dreams. And I think she actually glances over at Tycho to get his opinion on it because it matters to her.
5: He nods encouragingly.
6: To what? I think she's going to I forgot pick about up those two. Sorry, he, I think she's going to. Pick.
0: Uh, you can see as you move man, and you consider, and you consider which card that 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 uh, you are going to pick. Um, Gideon leans in with a lot of interest. He's he's looking at you very carefully, very actively.
6: Does anyone else have an opinion? Cause I'm caught between the hermit and the hangman right now. And so I, I, the
4: I was, Yeah, I was looking at my notes and I totally forgot the page where I wrote down the first two cards. And I probably would have picked the hangman if I remembered that it was there. So, that <laughs> so would, I would
2: take the hangman. So, so, get, so
4: you should take it first.
2: <laughs> I, just, just, just my, my, my two cents, if, if, if I may. Uh, I would reflect on what does the hermit represent versus the hanged man.
4: Lord, Lord oh, our grandfather the hangman yeah. looks like our grandfather
2: but also like a hermit implies someone who is gone on their own and the hangman I think... is, is similar but it's different right it's it's in a deep introspection
3: hmm. whereas nope. the,
2: hang, the hermit is someone I think of a hermit as someone that I would seek out for uh, wise counsel because they've separated themselves And the hanged man is someone who is going on a deep journey within, like Odin himself, hung from the tree Yggdrasil for nine days and
0: traveled to the nine worlds. I want, I want to call Mm. that out to you. So definitely, the the iconography on the hanged man is of a Nordic, Scandinavian bent, right? Precisely to those the 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 hanged hanged man. Okay, that the hermit is more, let's say, myth agnostic. You know, like every culture has a hang uh, has a hermit. It's just someone who is a recluse from everything else that's going on, c- civilization, society, etc. But the hangman in this particular incarnation is exactly what you said, Exadril and Odin hanging upside down. You, you,
4: hung did on draw, you, you did you hung draw on that
0: tree. You did draw that tree. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Oh
4: no, <laughs> I was just trying to say that Sorrel did draw the hangman, too, so yeah. that might make
6: it more I, significant. I think three. if it was Leah picking, Leah would pick the hermit to try and see if it connects to whoever's in the background manipulating things. But Sorrel definitely has more of a connection to hanged man, and she's going to pick that one.
5: And I think um, him hanging for nine days was. To gain knowledge, right? To gain hidden knowledge, yeah. which is kind of mm-hmm. what. There's a lot of there.
6: reasons why that one is speaking to us right now. He yeah. came back with knowledge of the
2: runes and written word.
0: I didn't think it was yeah. possible to metagame in Amber, but yeah. that's what's going on. <laughs> 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 well, like there's, whenever there's a disconnect between what the
6: character would do and what mm-hmm. is would make one hundred percent, and I don't mm-hmm. want to make the choice that would be.
0: So what's it going to be, Searle? He said it was the hangman. It's going to be the hangman. The hangman it is. And he hands over the card. And he does kind of... There is almost, you sense, just this touch of... It's not reluctance, right? But he is creating almost this sense like... When he hands it over, it's a momentous thing for him. To release that card into you and to give it to you uh, from an ownership perspective. That is... Something that involves a little bit of, he, he's had to give something away. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, 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 that's the sense that you get from that contact.
1: Do I get the sense that these are all real Trumps?
0: You do. As far as you understand that, which is almost not at all. The difference, <laughs> <clears throat> the difference is that Before, you didn't even understand what a Trump really was. You couldn't sense the energy. Mm -hmm. Now, having passed through, that's all you can do. You don't know how to really use them or or anything like that. that But you can sense the energy. Yes. Well, that was fun, says Gideon. Can I go now?
4: Thank you, cousin.
0: Why, thank you, Astrid. As always, a pleasure.
2: Nice meeting you, Gideon.
0: And you, Cousin Sigrun. Stay out of trouble, Gideon.
1: And stay away from us. <laughs>
0: okay. So, now, can, can I ask a question? Where exactly did you all go for this reading?
1: I thought we stayed in the same
0: room. You stayed in we're... the same room.
1: Yeah, I don't think we went any because of watch
0: (laughs) okay so um, he starts kind of gathering his belongings and he starts uh, moving towards the center uh, of where uh, Corwin is
1: I thought you were leaving Gideon
0: I'm ready and he holds out a hand grabs onto Corwin and (gasps) they disappear
1: Mm. damn it
0: and with that, we will wrap up today's Damn session. It. I knew we couldn't trust him. <laughs> 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 wow. Oh, that Cassandra. was
5: Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all
0: my fault. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Okay, guys. So, I, I think good. we'll wrap it up. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a little bit different than your <laughs> usual game, which, but, but, I mean, that that that's part of the fun.